Oh yeah, it's going down right now. Episode 64 of the 22 Shots of Moods and Horrors coming at you live. I am your host, Mood 616 and of course I've always got my two appetizing Italian dishes with me. Lasagna 22, also known as Jeremy, and of course we got the Cannoli J, also known <laughs> as JP. What's going on, homies? Do I come with a side of ricotta cheese with Hell yeah. what, what is Cannoli. Cannoli, man. Cannolis is like a really good, like, some dessert. Schma- and some schmagma. It's really good, man. You got to try it. Just look them up, man. Very, very tasty. So that was kind of the joke there, JP, because you're real tasty. <laughs> At the highest rate. I don't know, man. I was just like, what am I going to say today? Italian dishes, you know? But yeah, of course, this is the, uh, the fourth and final week here on Italian Whore Month on the uh, podcast. And, you know, it's a little, um, you know, it's satisfying to make it this far, but at the same time, it's like Halloween to me. It's like, you know, when Halloween comes and, you know, you kind of get depressed. You and mean then when Halloween comes before. on your face? Yeah, when Halloween comes on my face, I get real depressed because, you know, I don't really like things on my face. I have this, you know, I don't like things touching my nose. Um, but, you know, it's like Halloween comes and then, like, you, you know how you kind of get that depressed <laughs> feeling? Yeah. Well, now I'm kind of bummed out. I'm like, I'm done all the Italian films and I'm all bummed out and I'm like... Italians and Halloween ain't gonna come anymore. So no, it's not gonna come anymore, man. Sucks. How are you guys feeling? How are you guys feeling? I I I get you, man. I I feel that way too. Like I told you off air maybe a show or two ago that like I was really enjoying this experience. Uh, It it will be nice to go back to like a single film in a week next week because I actually I had a rough one on this week, Uh, just you know really busy and stuff, but. You know, I I love the concept behind it. I wish – I was honestly going into it. I was just super worried about planning four weeks and being able to make all of them. But I think barring any disasters right now, I think we completed it. And that's – I think we should give ourselves a round of applause for that because (laughs) – Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's a month straight of of doing shows and we actually started – uh, we were. I think we're like six weeks in now. Maybe. Guess what? Yeah. But guess what? It's still only three more films than the Children of the Corn franchise that we did in a week. So. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> yeah, that's put that in perspective. That's nuts. That that just goes to prove how nutty that show really was. Yeah. Man. But yeah, I, I know. I know exactly what you're saying, man. You know, like you know, it doesn't sound like a lot. You know, you watch these three films, and you know, you do the show and stuff like that. But if you're just doing one, man, it's a lot easier. Yeah. Oh <laughs> like, yeah, because it's like you don't even need to prepare for anything. Not really, no. It's just Come one in. film. Watch it late at night, you know, on the night before or whatever. You know, it's all good, so. When you but think yeah, like about a- uh, the way that it's not, like, to that, to, I believe Zach actually brought this comment up about, like, doing a podcast. It's like, well, all you do is record it. I know he's, like, joking and stuff, but mm. it's the three films, right? How many hours is that alone? And then if you're taking notes or, or you know, you're you're tri- maybe wanting to look something up afterwards, something you was confused on, like there, there's time there. And then yeah. the, the session, right? This recording session is usually between like three and five hours, you mm. know, even talking the pregame and the postgame, like it's 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 a whole day's worth of time. And then the edit yeah. and then the upload and all that shit, the thumbnail, 
it there's a lot of time. So even when you do, for example, <laughs> okay. Speaking of the thumbnail, made me fucking laugh so hard. So he was, you know, he was razzing me and giving us a hard time or giving me a hard time and stuff about you know recording the show. He's like, he's like, I watch like fucking twenty films a week, man. He's like, it's so easy. Like, what are you talking about? All you do is watch movies and talk about them. And then when I was talking, well, I was like, well, you know, you know, JP puts a lot of time into the thumbnails and stuff. And he's like, as we were talking, I just made four. <laughs> yeah, the so time that it took you to explain a- that. I just made four. <laughs> but so, yeah, I mean, all that time added up, it's it's a lot. And if you just take one film, you're greatly cutting all that time down, even the thumbnail. Like, because it's mm-hmm. easier to do one. Like, you, those Italian ones take a lot more work than the regular ones that we do. Yeah. So I'll be just happy to yeah, there's be able a specific to do style, thumbnails right? again, yeah. you know? <laughs> But yeah, I mean, Jeremy, how are you feeling? I know you missed the Fauci show, so yeah. you're not feeling it quite as bad. Uh, but you know that that show, I really like. If you I, if you had one to miss, I, I almost wish that it wasn't that one. Mm. But then again, they were all pretty cool. Yeah, missing the Fauci show, that was. I it sucks, man, because I really wanted to hear your ratings on those films, man. I know we talked about this before, but you know it sucks. Sorry, it's I was really getting the sand, getting a sand abortion. I'm sorry. <laughs> So uh, how are you? No, no, no. It's an interesting month. You know me. I'm not very well. My Italian films are not my forte. Let's just say that. It's not like Moods who fucking jerks off to Italian films every day. I do. So it was an interesting experience. Probably films that I would never watch on my own, per se, because I wouldn't have any motivation. Maybe Bay of Blood would probably be the only one. And Cemetery Man would probably be the only two. I would probably watch on my own. So, but don't you ever get really curious? Because I mean, let's face it, man. Like, no, I want to see the Sister it, of Ursula one that you told me about. I do want to <laughs> see that one. Actually, I was just talking about that one. It was my number one of my top ten sleazy flicks. <laughs> okay, it's good. But no, I, I mean, just really like, there's a lot of uh, you know really big Italian horror fans in in the group page alone, and you know Italian films get talked about all the time. Doesn't it ever just pique your interest to be like, oh, that one does actually? look pretty damn cool because i mean let's face it they get talked about quite regularly oh yeah you know so my, my thing personally was the directors that's why i wanted to do a director's spotlight and not just pick you know nine twelve random italian films like i like the idea of doing the director's spotlight because if if there's anything over the years that i've heard more about is the directors like i heard more about argento than an argento film like, I've heard more about Fulci than uh, House by the Cemetery. Like, the directors were really what I'd always heard about. And I was like, well, if I'm going to get into Italian horror, why not start with, like, the directors themselves? Yeah. Because other movies are pretty much different type of films. Maybe besides Argento, but... Uh, like I said, I didn't really watch Fulci, but... Uh, at least with last week's show, they're totally different types of films. I think Bob is the same way. They're three totally different types of movies. Yeah. Yeah. So it's yeah. interest. It's interesting to watch a director from his first film or his first major film to his latest major film and see like, oh, it's interesting how they progressed as an artist over those time periods. So it's interesting. Suave mm-hmm. definitely had like the the widest range of of films. Like those three films are so different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like mm-hmm. the church is like the most Italian of them, like the most uh, classic, like Italian horror film of, of the three. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I mean, really, you know, like we said with Cemetery Man, it, it has that total New Zealand dead alive type feel to it. Mm-hmm. So, oh, yeah. you know, it, it definitely kind of gets away from that, you know, that Italian feel. I mean, not like it still feels Italian, you know what I mean? But mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, I don't know. With these three films, they, they're, they're quite different, too. Of course, today we're talking about, uh, you know, Mario Bava. Um, <clears throat> Mario Bava's films, Black Sunday, also known as The Mask of Satan from uh, 1960, uh, you know, Blood and Black Lace from 1964. Really beautiful film. And of course, uh, Bay of Blood from 1971. And, you know, theoretically, these movies are completely all different, too. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, they're a lot different. And it's interesting, too, because if you watch a lot of Bava's films in between those years, so that's 11 years in between these films, and you watch some of his other stuff in between, it's just. It's crazy, man. Like he he directed this one. He directed like a Hercules film one time or something like that. <laughs> it's really fucked up. Like he did. He dipped into other genres too. So it's really crazy. But you know, well, really cool stuff. I think I have one question to ask you guys. How was your fucking Black Friday? Oh yes, that's right. It is or, Black or, Friday or your Black Thanksgiving. Fuck, man, this is fucking Black Friday. Okay, so I, you know, I was just recently complaining about, which I always do, complain about, you know, shipping to Canada. Well, here's a perfect example of something that just really got me going. (laughs) I was like, actually, I wasn't even mad. I just bursted out laughing all by myself and said to my dogs, "Really? Are you serious?" (laughs) I was like, "This is unbelievable." So, Severin Films is having a great, great sale right now. I even sent off. You know, and Severin titles aren't the cheapest generally, right? They're pretty expensive. So 60% off is a fucking good deal. So I was like, giddy up. So, of course, I go on the sale or go onto the site. I add 12 things to my cart. It comes to, I don't know, fucking $195. Put in the coupon, 60% off comes to like $93. I'm like, fuck yeah, dude. This is crazy awesome. So then I go to (laughs) click out and the shipping price comes in $87 shipping to canada i'm like that's not justifiable it's only 12 movies man like you could put them in a box this big it doesn't cost 87 dollars to ship so realistically like, how much does it cost to ship that maybe 30 bucks maybe if that you know it just depends right like how what carrier carrier they use and stuff like whatever but i mean really 87 dollars that is just outrageous like who's gonna pay that man nobody so i mean they're pretty much getting no international cover or customers right now there's no way i mean one movie was like 16 dollars i think or something 15 or 16 dollars to ship just one title that's insane that's like a three dollars thing yeah dude that's not right that's not right it's it's sometimes cheaper to ship to canada than it does to like california so what it was it was like 15 or 16 dollars from one title and then 650 per item after (laughs) my motherfucker 87 dollars later i paid 450 total so essentially, I didn't want to pay that. So essentially, what happened was the sixty percent off with the shipping came back to a hundred percent price. It was like there was no deal at all. It was right back to the original price. It just okay. sucks because it's literally a line. Like, yeah, it's not I even know. like across like an ocean. Yeah. <laughs> no, you I know, know what I mean. Yeah. It's because like just the the way the the system works and and going across the border it's just it's it's messy man it it honestly is so disheartening to think that like if i was in canada i would like really hate my life because of that like i i find it would be so hard to be a collector like it is man it's really really frustrating like i wouldn't be able to get nearly the collection that i have now because simply because you know i i could never afford like that type of shipping 
or even less than that, really. Like even the, some of the lower tier amount of shipping that you had to pay mm-hmm. over the years, like that yeah. is even too much for me. Oh, I know. I didn't even want to pay four fifty. Yeah, me and Jeremy's <laughs> collection would be like nothing. See, that's crazy, man. It would be four fifty, and you and you ordered three things, and Jeremy, you ordered two things that are big. Yeah. Like the, the like the video nasty sets are like the thick boxes, so it's like oh, you know it's a little bigger pack, it's a little heavier. Yeah, they're the thick ones, not like you know like the kind of like the double oh, DVD okay. size, you know, because there's three discs in each, right? So, yeah. um, but the point is, four fifty is like amazing. Like if I saw four fifty shipping, I'd be like, yeah, giddy up. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's pretty good shipping actually. It's Mondo Macabro to Canada, like it's not too bad. Like I think I paid. Like eight or ten, like ten dollars or something for four movies, you know, a while back. And I'm like, that's amazing shipping, you know, to Canada. Yeah. I mean, it sounds shitty to you guys, but you know, theoretically, it's two fifty a movie. I, I can't pass that up, man. It's really good. So and there's me and JP bitching about Hastings charging a dollar twenty nine per item. We're like, fuck. <laughs> but it just adds up so much, dude. Because. Like you want to get quantity when you go go Hastings. Like you just well, get a ton of stuff, and then you're like, ah, the shipping's more than the price. <laughs> well, fingers crossed for free shipping on Monday. See, the best for me though was, uh, you know, I used to order a lot from Second Spin because, mm-hmm. you know, I wait for the thirty percent off sales, and they always had a flat rate shipping to international. Like international shipping, there was nine ninety nine. Don't they still so have I, that? I, yeah. Yeah, and you know, so but right now I don't do many orders anymore because our dollar's so low, so it doesn't it just erases the 30% off, right? So I just pay full price for everything so I don't order. But so it w- I would take advantage. Like I would order 30 to 40 movies at a time and pay $10 shipping. Yeah. <laughs> it was fucking awesome. Yeah, they, you know how much just, money I they would, were probably losing? Yeah, I know. It's so yeah. crazy sometimes. I'm just like, shit, man, awesome. And I just kept doing it and doing it and they doing a, it. They have a 30 off free shipping right now. Yeah. yeah, I I, I like Second Spin. I, I got last Black Friday. I got a bunch of uh, horror documentaries. That's why I started that kick, that uh, horror one hundred and one kick, because I had bought like ten or twelve uh, horror documentaries on, on their sale last Black Friday, and I haven't really poked around too much because I I just you know. Well, what I did went you out buy this Black night. Friday? Yeah, I was gonna get into that. I went out last night to. You should talk about our halls. Walmart and. Uh, Normally, I'll just show up right when the stuff goes, you know, on sale, like right when they allow people to buy stuff. And then I'll just walk in with the huge crowd of people going into the DVD section. The problem this year is they actually had it locked down. They had gates up and stuff. So you had to actually get in line. What? And I was like bummed because the line wrapped all the way like down like the whole food aisle, up another food aisle, down another food aisle, up another food aisle. It was huge, dude. It was the biggest line in the store. So I got in it and I waited and I waited and I waited. By the time I got there, everything – I think like most of the big stuff like the Black Ops 3 game and like Madden 16, like there was one copy each of both of those. There was one copy of Mad Max left uh, and it was like – it sounded like the disc was loose. So I, I, I start looking at stuff. I grabbed three things. I grabbed Spiders – 3d machete kills and annabelle on dvd and as i walk out i noticed that the machete kills disc is loose so i was like f this and i tossed it aside and then the other two i was like do i really even want these and i said no so i I put those on i literally got no dvds went over and bought an xbox one just because i wanted something and then uh pretty much i didn't get anything this black friday except for i found army of darkness for like $16 $16 instead of $17.99 and then I've bought the Hannibal season one for $5 which was on that's blu-ray a that's a that's an amazing that's a deal of the the Black Friday to me because I don't even know how you make money on that yeah yeah I got one of those too 
But that was that was my Black Friday. Yeah, I got wasn't got some good stuffs. Outer bunch like tense things, I would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You got anything, boots? Yeah. Uh, Black Friday. No, I haven't bought a thing. Wow. Not a thing today. I was just not even. You know, I mean, like I said, you know, the whole Severn thing just kind of. Yeah. Kind of fucking rubbed me the wrong way, so I was like, ah, fuck it. <laughs> and the last thing I'm doing is I'm not going out, so. You know, I'm not going out anywhere. So, um, you know, I did search around on the net. I looked at a couple places and they didn't even have sales going on. And I was like, okay, that's enough. I'm done. And, you know, Amazon is not even an option because they just, yeah. they are completely garbage with these sales. Like, they don't have shit. Really? So. I, got, I got three things off Amazon. Yeah, I yeah. couldn't really find much either. I actually only searched for about five, like, literally five minutes. I was like, I just fuck. wait for everybody else to tell me where shit is because yeah. I don't feel like looking for it. Mm hmm. Especially yeah, exactly. with the I group mean, page, dude. That's a really good the best option way, nowadays. That's really the best way to do it. I mean, honestly, that's how I find out about things. I mean, well, you know me. I'm always looking, so. Yeah. yeah. That's my that's, thing. It just takes so long. No, it's Blu-ray.com, man. Yeah, but you that too. But I don't even like – I just want no horror stuff. I don't even care about 16 candles for $5. Even though I do love Three ninety six, man. I had to buy it. That was a that, good deal. No, that's a good deal on stuff. I just don't collect those. Mm-hmm. That's a good mm-hmm. – that's a John Hughes movie. I still need it, so. Yeah. Well, I, bought, so, I bought some non-horror stuff. SpongeBob movie. Mm-hmm. SpongeBob two, <laughs> Dumb and Dumber two, John Wick, Maggie. What else did I get? Mad Max, Fury Road, X Machinima, Sixteen Candles. What else did I get? I got the Severin. I got uh, Video Nasties one and two, and uh, Lost Souls three discs edition. And yeah, that's it. Hannah, that's it. And Hannibal. Yeah, and then on Monday, we'll see what I'll pick up. Not a damn thing. Yeah. Um, on a positive note, they're finally doing that Hey Arnold 2 movie, right, guys? I know. I saw that. <laughs> I saw that. I was I had, I, an instant boner. That's my, my vagina perverted. shriveled up. My, 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 uh, vagina, my vagina shriveled up and a dick grew. Wow. That's so, incredible. So I'm a real. That's man medically now. incredible. I'm a real man now, so fuck you guys. <laughs> Pinocchio is uh, more of a real man than you. So I so I had like a little bit of uh, you know downtime this week and stuff. So I decided I was like you know what I like barely ever watch um, you know TV series and I was like okay this one's really short and I'm like fuck it I'm just gonna sit down and watch it and so I decided to watch season one of Scream. I watched the entire season. You started talking about that you started it. So you actually went through, huh? Yeah, I like I said, I watched the opening scene. And then I was like, hey, I'm just going to go through it. And I watched the whole fucking thing this week. And uh, my, you know, my final thoughts on this one, I didn't really care for it, man, to be honest yeah. at all. I, I, To be honest, it just never, never grabbed me, man. I felt like you know without getting too deep into it and stuff i just feel that i was watching a very very drawn out slasher film it you know instead of watching a 90 minute or 100 minute screen film which is cool mm. this one is 7 hours so there's mm. a lot of time where it's there's a lot of downtime and there's just things that are kind of slow and stuff but you know that wasn't really the biggest problem for me i i felt like there could have been a lot more kills in it maybe even better kills but it just wasn't intense. It didn't really grab me, and it, I wasn't sitting on the edge of my seat and, and things like that. And mm-hmm. to be honest, I wasn't. I wasn't. I wasn't. You know, drawn in by the characters either. Like, and there was a little bit of subplots and sub sub stories in the film or in the TV series that I just I thought were totally lame and and just not exciting. Like, it wasn't really bringing anything. They didn't try to tie in those overly that well. And 
but it was, you know, the characters and stuff. And there's just a lot of kind of mediocre things. Like I'm not saying they were terrible. The show wasn't terrible by any means. It just wasn't great. Uh And I, I, I will say that I didn't guess who the killer was. I thought I knew who the killer was, but I was totally wrong. Which is good. You know, I didn't actually predict, which, uh, you know, I won't lie about. Um, But, you know, overall, it just as a whole, it was, you know, thinking back on it, I'm just like, yeah, it was really, it wasn't that exciting. And I I won't lie, like, there were some episodes where I just, I couldn't wait for the episode to end. Mm. You know, leave you with that, you know, that kind of cliffhanger. And then, okay, we'll start again. And then, you know, but then it would slow right down. And Mm -hmm. then things were happening. I'm just like, Wow, man, I ate a lot of food watching this dude. It was, <laughs> I was myself busy. <laughs> but yeah. you know, you know like I said I totally won't say, you know, don't check it out or anything. I mean, some people might really enjoy it. I just a lot for of me did actually. You know, I just felt it was really, really too drawn out. It was a seven hour slasher film, is essentially what it was. Yeah, which I think is what the goal was. Yeah. Uh, and it but, does it plays out like one big ass fucking movie it really does like everything just kind of like where it leaves off it starts up right there and you know which is cool you know didn't Ty West direct an episode I yeah, think the biggest one of the biggest things for me though was a lot of kind of um almost generic dialogue and stuff things just weren't overly that fun I mean they didn't you know like in the original screen film you got uh um what's his face Randy. uh funny guy um yeah, Randy. And, you know, they have, you know, that type of character in this film. He's okay. He's actually probably one of the more likable characters. Mm-hmm. It's not That's overly fun. They do some, they do some, uh, you know, they do a lot of jab, or, you know, kind of like, you know, nudges to the original scream and stuff, which is cool, but they don't do a lot, which I, I did like. And, uh, but you, you don't like t- that. The characters. No, there was, no, there's one joke that actually made me laugh quite hard actually it was pretty funny and it was by a character that i didn't really even care for it's later on in the season and he goes um he's referring to like technology he's like he's like what he's like what the fuck man what is this 1996 and i was like ah, <laughs> that's funny that's funny it was like one of the only jokes that actually kind of made me laugh but uh i don't know you know overall if i were if i had to rate the entire season i would just give it a five out of ten you know yeah. it's very very average to me yeah, so. you know, I like I said when I I watched the first four, I think, and I told you that I didn't care for it. In the uh, the pilot, I definitely didn't care for it, but uh, I didn't like you. I didn't think it was necessarily bad. It's just I was like, nah, this ain't really my thing. Uh, I didn't expect to really like any of the characters anyway because they're supposed to be like the teenagers of today, which is completely different than than my generation. So I already expected I was okay with that. I just mm-hmm. I just felt like it was for Scream. It just was not like as at the tier that we're used to with scream like scream is a complex like sophisticated type of uh intelligent narrative it really is and this one just seemed like a watered down version of that i didn't like that there wasn't enough callbacks to the original series uh Mm -hmm. i hated the backstory and and at least the first four episodes what i got for the backstory i was like they should have just fucking like made the backstory about like what it was like the original films like why why not continue with that yeah what the story comes you know when when the actual story comes out and like the killers revealed and like you know all the things and stuff i'm just like eh. i literally was like eh. you know i was like okay whatever i just you know i really wanted to like it though i was really hoping i was gonna like it because i was like i always said i was very curious on how they were gonna do a slasher tv series you know yeah. and like i said it's essentially a seven hour slasher film so yeah you know well, you take you take the good and with the bad and you know watch it if you want 
I don't fully recommend it. It is average to me. I, so. I thought Scream had more legs than, say, a Friday the 13th slasher show because Scream has all that, like, in-jokes. You know what I mean? So I felt like it would carry better. Well, but it I don't also think has the really possibility. Did. It also has the possibility of having a lot of twists and turns in it, too. Yeah, because that's what Scream was, right? It, exactly. And, you know, with the amount of characters. And that was the thing that really kind of bugged me about this series is that the twists and turns and things weren't overly executed that well. And... It was just like it was tedious, man. Well, they are going with different showrunners for the second season, so I mean, yeah. Well, that that, I mean, I don't, I don't think it's any, you know, spoiler or anything. But yeah, they completely set it up for a second season, which (laughs) who knows there's a second season coming. So you kind of assume that they announced it before the first season was even done. Yeah, and 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 just the way they leave it too. And but you know, the very, very end of screen of the TV series is so predictable, though. Yeah. It's like, oh my god, right? Like, not when they reveal the killer, but some people might get it, some people not. I mean, you know, it was okay. I do want to check it out eventually. I will. And I will say, yeah, you know, like, you know, without getting into spoiler territory, but I didn't really care for the the scene where the killer was revealed in it either. I just felt like it was so generic, man. I was like, really? They're going to do what? Yeah. Oh, what? I was like, what the fuck? And it didn't even make sense to me the whole, the way the whole scene even goes down, and just the way things happen. If you watch it and you think back on it, you go, that doesn't. That's fucking stupid. <laughs> it was actually kind of executed poorly. It felt like the rushing. Or I the, thought the, the opening could have there. be described the exact same way you just described the ending. <laughs> Essentially, yeah. <laughs> and you know what's really sad? Actually, the opening scene is one of the better scenes in the entire series. Uh, Okay, so I I, I got to say that I am pretty proud of you for actually watching a TV series because I think it's been a while for you. And yeah, uh, I, I, I encourage you to maybe get into some Bates Motel next. I think I will because I, I've heard really good things about that. And it can't be – it can't be. It's definitely no, better than Scream, dude. You honestly, you have to, you have to non. I feel like the people that don't like it are very resistant to the to the new Norman Bates and the new. Uh, mother and stuff like that if you're if you're just like okay to roll with it dude i think you will find it enjoyable because there are some actual moments of like suspense in that show and it Mm -hmm. happens later on but i'm excited to actually eventually check out the future seasons because i did i actually watched Mm -hmm. the first season all the way through i i I was really into it but yeah that's something that is on my future uh yeah one last thing one last thing i'll say about scream too i know a lot of people had i mean from what i heard the consensus was you know they didn't really care for the mask and stuff like that to be honest, the mask never bothered me one bit. I liked like it. Like, I actually kind of enjoyed it. it. It never bothered me for a second while I was watching the show. So it's nothing to do with, you know, them not, you know, using the original mask, which they couldn't. And, you know, things like that. But, like, I didn't, it didn't bother me one bit. It was had nothing to do with the mask. So there's just other elements that weren't that exciting. So. All right. But, yeah. Yeah, that's what I did this week. I watched Mario Bava films and I watched uh, Scream. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. Cool stuff. All right. So, uh, JP, we got some news. Yeah, a little bit. Probably one of the least amount of news we've had in a little while. And let's start with this little interesting nugget. (laughs) So the producers of Return of Living Dead, Rave to the Grave, and the Necropolis one. Well, let's go back a little bit. That guy, I know because he originally tried to stop more brains from being released. Because Why? he's like, I own the rights to these films. You can't release a sequel. And they're like, it's a documentary. And they're like, well, I own the rights to sequel. Or like, I forget what it was. But he, he tried to stop it from being released. He failed. He was a dickhead. Everybody yeah. didn't like him. So this guy, this guy, I, I, I'm 
assuming that it is the same owner that owned those films back then. It could have changed hands. I didn't look into it. But apparently he's selling off the uh, original 35mm film reel and the all the rights to those two films on eBay, nonetheless. eBay? <laughs> yeah, you Ooh, got, got real right classy, now. didn't he? You gotta send me this shit. I gotta see yeah, this. Yeah, he you got is... Classy. He's selling the rights due to the inability to store the 35 uh, millimeter print materials, which include the laboratory preprint materials, including brand new prints. Uh, also, you know, <laughs> it, uh, the, all the news sites are just important that he is only selling uh, Rave to the Grave, but he's actually selling both of those. 49K? What yeah, he wants, he wants around 50K for, for each of them, Damn. not even for both of them. Uh, he will take a best offer, but he did say quit offering one dollar because I'm not taking under fifty k or forty k. Who the fuck spend forty k on those movies? Those movies were shot in thirty five millimeter. I guess two thousand five, so they were still the film was yeah. still being used back then. Oh, I'm just surprised, man. That's crazy. I don't know how much shipping is. One hundred and eleven dollars and forty one cents. <laughs> don't you think you how should much? do free shipping when you're asking for that much? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah I just thought it was would buy the rights to that movie. It's like it. Well, hope maybe he's trying to trick somebody into thinking that he, they're going to get the rights to the franchise, which is not the case. Because I would, I would pay that for God. the rights to the franchise. Yeah, but that's because the first movie makes all the money. Yeah, but even the the two other films. But that's something also that I just mentioned in my last video that MGM owns one. Uh, Warner Brothers owns part two and Lionsgate owns part three. So that's another tricky franchise. But yeah, uh, so if anybody's yeah, that, out that there balling, I think this <laughs> is a well thought out investment. I, I, I think that it is. 50, 100,000? Yeah. For both? Dude, that's yeah. fucking pocket change to some people. Well, I mean, I already, I already got approved. I already phoned the bank. <laughs> Since you were talking about that, I got yeah. my hundred k, man. I'm gonna fucking. Pur- I, I wonder what the shipping is to Canada. What did you know. say it was Jeremy? It phone, was phone the bank and see how much they want. Uh, it's a hundred and eleven dollars. Wait, let me see if he ships to Canada. Oh, he doesn't ship to Canada. Oh, <laughs> you can't even buy it. Uh, Damn, yeah, Moose was really gonna buy it if it hadn't been for that. Maybe if I offered him 115 bucks, he'd probably ship it up there. <laughs> you know. He's from California. <laughs> you could just drive down there and pick it. Yeah, it's not that far actually for me. So eh. buy those movies. Hundred thousand. Oh. Wow, dude. That, I, that shit. if you're gonna spend a hundred thousand on the two movies, it should be free shipping for fuck's sakes. Now, now I thought this would be an interesting question. What do you think, based on just the limited knowledge of the film? industry that we know in the distribution industry what do you think would be the like actual good price for something like that (laughs) i have no idea 50k for both i'm thinking maybe 20 20 20 30 bucks (laughs) (laughs) i think 25k each is it 50k for both i could see maybe like 30 grand for the pair you know like really but all the rights too if you sell them to mill creek but these things don't make money people fucking hate these movies yeah, like but if you sell them as... to mill creek and you put them in like the multi-packs and they fucking put them on wall well, shelves license, yeah, sub-license it, them to scream factory they can make a nice little double pack about it then you can have people like you and zach bitch about it <laughs> <laughs> 
and then fucking buy it. Yeah. Idiot. Yeah. I think I think 30k for the pair would be all right. I honestly yeah. would have no idea what they would be worth. No, I, how I can monetize, how I can make my money back on that would be the question. Would I get sequel rights? Because then then that might be all right. I can make a return of that sequel. I get Linnea Quigley involved. I mean, that that might even be the only reason to purchase those if it comes with the rights of making a sequel. Shit, man, maybe well, the know, budget was 30 six- grand, 40 grand or whatever for that is worth it because you could possibly make a lot of money off that if well, you make a good sequel. Who knows? The budget was six million dollars. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Six million for which for both part, of them? For part uh, for part four, it was six million. Wow, that movie was six million dollars. I think that movie was a Crazy. sci-fi original, was it not? Yeah, I think they were both made for TV, weren't and, they? And he's only asking forty nine k. Well, that's a pretty shitty investment. Yeah, but they, he already made all the money on the movie, or lost all the money on the movie. <laughs> yeah, you know, <laughs> exactly. Part- I actually, you know, what? I, I wouldn't be surprised if those actually did make some money because when they were announced, right, Return of Living Dead sequels, just name alone, people checked them out. Oh, for sure, for sure. You know, and all the completists out there, they've bought copies of those movies. Yeah, I still actually everyone, don't everyone's own bought collection. Everybody probably has, you know, seven or eight well, copies we, of movies in their collection because they're in so many multi packs and just things wait, that wait, you just have read, in your collection. I want to read it's like how JP has three versions of vampire journals. <laughs> the film received a limited theatrical release on October 29th, 2005, where it was a financial failure, making only back 54000 of its $6 million budget at the box office. <laughs> that movie went to the theaters? It was probably really limited. Yeah, but it made fifty four thousand of its six million dollar budget. Yeah, it, it was probably only shown <laughs> in like four theaters in the same city. <laughs> and this rave, this rave to the grave, have Tarman in it? No. Really? It says here the film also features a com- comical cameo appearance by Tarman from their original. <sighs> Fuck, maybe it does. I can't remember. I haven't. I've only, I haven't watched those movies in years, dude. Yeah. I I've seen I, one of them back in the day on the Sci-Fi Channel. Oh yeah, I mean, you know, I got them, of course, because you know, got to complete the the franchise. But man, I don't remember that cameo. That's fucked. Forty nine. Then again, I don't really, I don't really go out of my way to watch, you know, Necropolis and Rave to the Grave very often. Come on, guys, yeah. let's go and get our pot, our couch changed. I'd rather eat glass, really, and watch we, the Scream series over again. If we <laughs> if we put all our change together, we may be able to buy them. Yeah. God, that's a lot of money, man. A hundred thousand just seems. Whew, I don't know. Listen, well, he here, did, here's he what did. we do, guys. We buy one of them. We get the twenty-two shots crew to scrounge up their couch change. Then we buy one of them, and then the somebody we, else we, buys we, the other one. They're all pissed because they're like, "Man, I wanted both of them." And then we sell it to them for like ten k more. <laughs> or we just redub. <laughs> we redub them. Just put the podcast over and just redub them. We, yeah. th- listen, we then we uh, license them to Mystery Science Theater 3K, have them do a fucking riff track on it. Oh, man. That's not a bad idea. Uh, and then just not a bad idea. Redub all the characters' voices to our voices. It's brilliant. Yeah, we could do that too. We can make that version. We could do a commentary with us. We make, can get make, the original Retired <laughs> Living Dead people to do a version where they talk shit about it. <laughs> I, I just think there's I, – I don't think there's any possible way that we could, you know, make, make money off this. Make back 40K. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, the movies have such a bad reputation mm-hmm. that people are like, ah, you're not fooling me. Yeah. I don't Even if it does have the 22 shots of moods and horror dub track. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, Come on, it comes with a limited poster, guys. <laughs> yeah, and a slipcover. Yeah. You know. All Which right. somebody will steal in Walmart the next day. Got an imp- yeah, he's got a boss <laughs> slipcover. <laughs> with a locket on it so nobody steals the slipcover. <laughs> Listen, we can just release them as Return of the Living Dead 6 and 7. Nobody the Italians did it for years. We can do it too. <laughs> Get them at yeah. Walmart, and then everybody will be like, man, these are like the exact same movies that I've seen before. <laughs> And we're like, no, there's actually 30 seconds of new footage. <laughs> yep. Shot with my iPhone 6. Yeah. It's just right. boner. <laughs> Let's move on. Uh, next up, we have a little bit of TV news. So, do you guys remember way back in the day, 2003 to be exact, the Sci-Fi Channel began airing Tremors, the original series on tv remember that yeah yeah. i own that on dvd actually and i watched it when it aired and i liked it and apparently it had good ratings but sci-fi canceled it anyway well this year as you guys know tremors 5 came out Mm -hmm. and when it came out kevin bacon was like you know i'd like to do another one of those i like i've always really had fond memories of those tremor that that tremors film i did i thought it was a pretty good fun time well Guess what's happening now? Get fucking to it, JP. God. Suspense is killing us, man. <laughs> so, this is more suspenseful uh, than the Scream series, I'm, I'm going to oh, tell you. This is more boring than watching fucking hair grow out of your Mexican ass. Oh, God. Mm. Okay, so anyway, because Jeremy has no patience and he's a little whiny bitch. Uh-huh. Tremors, the TV series, is happening again with Kevin Bacon on board, both as an actor and producer. Universal Cable and Blumhouse coming together to bring... <laughs> the graboid shrieker ass blasters back to the little screen and it's going to happen i think that's pretty cool so are they just developing a a, like a completely brand new series yeah it's not it's it's obviously not going to connect with the original series that'd be pretty awesome that's cool man kevin bacon on tv everyone is going to tv man yeah well he already did that with uh the following that's right. I yeah, I never seen it, but that's right. That's it, right. It's was pretty. I watched the first like half of the first season, and it was really complex and like intertwiny, but it was mm-hmm. really cool as well. But it was a yeah. little boring. Uh, mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, I think that's pretty cool, man. I, I don't know, like I, I I know that we talk about this a lot about horror franchises moving to the TV era, um, but this is actually one that I think could work pretty well for TV. Um, yeah. The, I think it can work really well, actually. Yeah. Completely. It's like yeah. a monster of the week thing almost you could do. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I can see this doing really well. I mean, it's Kevin Bacon. You know, who's picking it up? Universal. Universal and Blumhouse, and Blumhouse are partnering, which is cool because Blumhouse, like, that's no, – Blumhouse is I mean, becoming a real player, man. Okay. So where are they going to air this, though? I don't know. Uh, they're probably shopping networks in, unless uh, – Universal right. has it. Is Universal like does Universal no. own the network? Well, Comcast owns Universal. Yeah, I don't think it'll probably be on AMC. You know, along with the rest. If it made AMC, that would be huge. That's mm-hmm. a huge network, right? Yeah, I don't now. think it'll make AMC. It'll be like the EW or something, or the CW. Yeah, CW. I don't even think it'd do well on. But I have no idea. Either. Yeah, I don't. Maybe the Sci-Fi Channel. I don't know. Fuck it, man. Make it fucking HBO. <laughs> yeah, that would be cool. But those films were always kind of kid friendly, so you might. We'll see. Uh, all right. So after that, uh, Carpenter 
uh, is apparently working on some TV shows as a producer. Huh. Yeah, I, I, I read this briefly, too, and I was like, no, John. You know what happens when these older directors go into TV? They die. They tend to die. You know, I was like, I just, I just saw it happening. I was like, poor Wes Craven, rest in peace. But, you know, he goes to TV and then passes away. Oh, he's going to have to. And then John Carpenter signs up. I mean, I I looked at the, I I read, you know, the brief write up on it and it said that, you know, John Carpenter's not working on one. He's working on four TV Mm -hmm. series. I was like, oh my God, dude, you're getting, that's a lot of fucking work, man. Don't (laughs) literally kill yourself over this. So I'm really intrigued to see what he's working on because I I would, I would be happy just for one, but four. Jesus Christ, man. Like he hasn't done it. He hasn't been really doing a lot of film related stuff in the last few years since the ward. And, you know, he's been working on music and doing that type of thing, but you know, not, not TV and film. So I would is, go see this I is heard he was gonna, man. I heard he was going to do concerts. I'd go fucking see John Carpenter. Apparently he is. Do, he's coming back for like a show or something like that. He's going to do a live show. That'd be fucking baller. Oh, that would be fucking amazing to go to, man. Yeah. Apparently he will be directing pilots if these things get picked up. Crazy. Yeah, so they didn't have any any type of idea what they what type of shows they were. Well, I, honestly, I didn't listen to the interview with uh, Sandy King Carpenter, which yeah. is that the yeah. wife, his wife? I believe so. Uh, but yeah. one of my favorite podcasts out there, probably honestly the best in terms of, well, not the best besides us. No, I'm kidding. Uh, but the best in like the in like they're no, we're in, not good, JP. They're in like the industry, yeah. Killer POV. That's the podcast. They they have actual like you know Stuart Gordon's and oh well, we could have Garrison's those people on there. We just like have that. to fucking do it. Uh, and they you know they really get they break some stuff. They've had Scream Factory on the show a few times and stuff. They they really are a decent like podcast. And they actually all work for Blumhouse now. At least two of the three. Uh, they they just announced that a few episodes ago. Uh, so yeah, I mean, th- they were on there and they said the or Sandy Carpenter was on there and she said, uh, according to this quote thing that I have, it says that, um, they're going to push the boundaries of what's horror. And they're also ones like a sci-fi thing and there's horror and, uh, sort of like futuristic thing as well. So I don't know who knows, I, who knows if any of them will actually see the light of day and get picked up or, or what, but apparently it's like moving forward maybe i don't know i have to listen to that show honestly huh i'm curious i'm really curious uh-huh. see what they come up with before man that just seems so excessive seems like a lot of work but yeah i'm who knows yet i do hear that the one thing good about the tv world is that it's fast moving oh really fast yeah compared to like film which is yeah. like just this like yeah 12 hours a day so grinding yeah. well not even that i'm talking about like pre-production and oh stuff. yeah just yeah, like yeah. getting a film in motion oh, yeah. and keeping it in motion is like it's way about harder money, than, than tv uh adam green says that said that recently on a podcast i was listening to um that's you know unless you know <laughs> even though holliston got like halted for a while uh it, it moves fast once it gets going so because they shoot like two episodes at the same time, mm-hmm. and it, yeah, and it's also just 
what 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 he was saying was like just the moving parts of like when you go in to do a pitch and once it gets picked oh, up man. like that all that stuff moves really fast as well when film it's like well we need another rewrite well we need another rewrite well we need you know doing a pitch is so fucking again. hard uh, i imagine it would be it's fucking it's terrifying i've had to do it in school it's fucking hard yeah, now because imagine if you're in there with the uh, like Bob I know. Harvey Weinstein. <laughs> I know, I'm shitting my pants. It's hard because it's like, oh, they ask you fucking stupid questions. Mm-hmm. It's hard. It's a hard. It's a hard skill to do. But... So after that, I believe we just have a few announcements. We have uh, children shouldn't play with dead things coming out from BCI on Blu-ray, I believe. Yep. And uh, man, I am like curious to, as hell to see what that Blu-ray is going to look like because. You know, every transfer I've ever seen in that film looks like complete junk. It's public domain, isn't it? No. Um, I I don't think so, no. There was a... I seen a print of it, and it was garbage. I only seen, like, the yeah. first ten minutes, and then I left. Yeah, because, I like, I think every print that's out there just... I mean, it was just shot really poorly by Bob Clark, so... Um, I'm curious, man. I, I can't imagine this Blu-ray looking that great, but... You know, it's got really cool cover, or you know, commissioned art for it. So, was there anything yeah. else, guys? Any other announcements? Uh, I don't believe so. I, I can remember. No. no, I think it's everything. Is that all, all the right. news? So, yep, that's all the news. Oh, wow! There really like, wasn't a whole lot of news, was there? Uh-uh. Crazy! Everybody right. takes Thanksgiving off. So. Yeah. Yeah. It is actually a holiday. All right, so getting into mood swings and the uh, the new releases, the DVD and Blu-ray releases for uh, December first, two thousand fifteen. Yeah, December first, man. We're getting so close to Christmas. Jeremy's jumping for joy. Yay! It's funny because he's a Jew. Um, Eight presents, motherfucker. <laughs> I get fucking nothing. Yeah. All right. So one I've been curious about, I know there's been a lot of buzz about this one for, well, I mean, as long as I can remember, really, Lionsgate's releasing a movie called Cooties, another horror comedy in a basket full of them this year. Have you guys seen this movie? That that movie was like, I thought it was like pretty available like last year, wasn't it? Cooties? No, it was was like announced last year, I think, or whatever. And then I don't know. As far as I know, I don't think... I don't fucking know. I'm in Canada, man. I don't know what's going on. I don't get shit up here, so no. I mean, as far as I know, people started seeing it this year. You well, know I know that it made a ton of lists last year. Was it, though? I seen it on list, but like it, it didn't even have art. It didn't have anything. I didn't see any reviews on it or nothing. Maybe it was supposed to be at festivals, which I'm assuming. I don't know. It might have been. Yeah, I would assume Who it knows? was festivals. But, uh, yeah. Um, season one of Fear of Fear the Walking Dead is uh, from AMC is coming out here December first. I have not checked out anything from this. Have you guys checked out no, anything? I haven't even watched uh, the regular Walking Dead. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm behind on that too. Actually, I've been waiting for you know the season five special edition to come out, but I'll watch um, them once the show's over. You know, yes. I hear my mom fucking screaming at the TV every Sunday, so it must be all right. <laughs> um. Yeah, not even scared. I don't know. I haven't really heard a lot of people talk about it. You know, I've I've heard people say you know it's it's pretty decent and stuff, and like nothing major, yeah. nothing major. So, 
Uh, one I've been intrigued about here um, for, I think since Jeremy brought it up, I I think I remember hearing about this film a long time ago and completely forgot about it. Uh, being released by Anchor Bay, and it's called Goodnight Mommy. Um, it's supposed to be the film of the year. So. Yeah, consensus is, man. It's pretty damn good. So We should be covering I'm, it on the show. Two I'm weeks cu- from today. I'm curious, man. I'm really curious on this, so looks good. I, mean, I love the cover, you know, that red and I don't know, it's just, it's a very kind of plain cover, but it's, yeah, catches it's your to, eye. supposed to be like the Bob, this year's Duke. Hmm. Oh, is that really? So they're going to make a new Duke every year? Yes. Um, <laughs> next up here from, uh, from Kino uh, is a film called Queen of Blood starring, of course, John Saxon. That's pretty damn cool. I think Dennis Hopper's in this film also. Really interesting. Yeah, Dennis Hopper. I don't know anything about this one. Nothing. But, you know, it's Kino. It's Queen of Blood. I mean, it's Queen of Blood. John Saxon, Dennis Hopper, how can you go wrong? So, yeah. Uh, One here I have no idea about. It looks so damn generic. And it's called Return to Sender. uh, Being released by Image. And, yeah, you know, it's Image. It's got Nick Nolte in it. And he looks old as shit. Like, old as sin, man. It's crazy. I don't know. It's probably, like, some type of thriller. Who knows? Um, now I didn't know what this was at first. And then as soon as I clicked on it, I was like, oh yeah, yeah. I know what this is. Tokyo tribe. I think it's not necessarily a full blown horror film or something like that. Uh, from Cyan Sono or Sono, however you want to pronounce his name. Great, great, you know, modern director. Um, now this is that label that is under, uh, image like the macabre label, but it's the turbo label. It's like the action drama version of, the yeah, label. Yeah. yeah, and you know, of course, Sono he you know dips into all types of genres, but they're all kind of intertwined a little bit. You know, his films are pretty interesting, man. Uh, I have heard that this one wasn't that great, which is kind of disappointing. But um, you know, if you're interested, you like his films, check it out. Uh, another one here from uh, from Kino, and that is Twice Told Tales. Uh, of course, the classic Vincent Price film. Why the fuck uh, you gonna tell some tales twice? Just tell that shit right the first time. Yeah, I know, man. What the fuck? Why you got to repeat yourself? Why are you bringing up old shit? Yeah. Why are you bringing up old shit? Fucking asshole. <laughs> One of my favorite parts of Friday. Why are you bringing up old shit? You got knocked the fuck out. Uh, I w- that Mine was actually a reference to Tales from the Hood when he's like, man, why are you going to refry some beans? Just right, fry the motherfuckers right the first time and maybe yeah, yeah, get yourself yeah. some food. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and finally, after multiple delays, I think this thing was supposed to be out like two months ago or three months ago. The Walking Dead Season 5 Limited Edition um, big model fucking bus thing you want to whatever you want to fucking call it. Um, finally it com- finally it's... coming out. I don't know what the hell the deal was with this. We have it on pre-order? Uh, I don't actually. I don't know why. I, wow, don't, I hate these things. By it's the like way. cheap. Oh. It's like 59 bucks or something. Man, it says 134 bucks on Amazon. Yeah, Blu-ray. On Amazon CA? No, I'm on .com. Yeah. What the fuck is with the price? It's not that expensive here. Ooh, that's crazy. Probably because they're running out of copies. (laughs) They're always limited, aren't they? Yeah, I'm, I, I re- this one looks, man, the detail in this one looks crazy, man. It's just like a fucking gnarled up zombie kind of, you know, crawling this way. I think it looks cool, man. But, uh, of course, there's multiple editions of this coming out. You can get, like, a special lenticular one or just the regular Blu-rays. And there's, like, five different editions of this, of course. But, yeah, season five, which I need to see. I haven't – I'm only up to season four. I need to check out season five. Um, then we got one here called L.A. Slasher, <laughs> released by Artstone. Really 
Yeah, but the first thing that caught my eye on this, Andy Dick is in oh, this film. Oh, great. The Dickster. Andy Dick in a fucking... He's even you know, worse than JP's dick. Danny Trejo and Batista is also but, in it. Wait, Batista? Batista? How the wow. fuck did they get Batista to be in an indie movie? Well, I mean, he's following he's in the footsteps of all the other wrestlers <laughs> that have been in fucking... Dude, The Rock is the fucking biggest movie star in the world. Uh, no. He, yes, he is. No way. Want to bet? The biggest movie star in the world? Yes. You're out of your fucking mind. I'm naming a bit movie star bigger than The Rock. Uh, I could probably name anybody like De Niro. Brad Pitt? Anyone that's no, still making okay. films is bigger than The Rock. Look how much money the movies that The Rock makes compared to Brad Pitt movies. How much Ugh. did you know how much Brad Pitt makes a movie? I'm not, okay, I'm not saying honest, that. I'm honest, saying box office. If Brad Pitt's name gets mentioned one more time on, on this horror podcast, I'm going to fucking scream. I'm telling you. Enough with Brad Pitt's name. What is you wrong with I like Brad Pitt. Fuck you. The Rock makes. I don't really care. So much money I, I just don't watch a lot of Brad Pitt fun. films, to be honest. So I mean, I mean, I've fucking seen my Fight first Club one. rocks. Yeah, Seven but Fight, not, but Fight Club's not new. I'm talking like newer oh. films. Well, what has he done? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> if it's not horror, I don't pay attention to it really. You know, um, Mystery Science Theater three thousand volume thirty four <laughs> is coming out. Fuck man, can you imagine collecting all these things? I mean, I'm so. Out of- expensive there's they are man especially the ones that are out of print now even Uh, the ones that are just coming out now like this dvd sets 47 bucks on dot com i'm sure that's it's probably 80 or 90 on dot ca so scream factory man not scream factory shell factory yeah Yeah, it's crazy those those aren't cheap man for dvd sets man damn you know crazy stuff man looking forward to the new series and what else is coming out this i don't know if i got everything here i think that might be everything maybe a film called zoo yeah zoo season one what is this does anybody know what this is nope nope don't know don't know but i i I was thinking maybe it was like horror related or something but and yeah that's gonna do it for the dvd and blu-ray releases for december 1st man such a such a downer week and you know considering november was just filled like over Uh populated with amazing releases man like november was nuts i was expecting you know december to start out with a bang you know christmas season and stuff but next week you know, there's a fair amount of releases and then so on. So pretty cool stuff. Cool. Yeah. Not very exciting this week, to be honest. Um, release of the uh, week. Re- release of the week. Um, yeah, I mean, this one for myself, I'd probably have to go with, um, you know, not knowing really a lot of. You know, about Goodnight Mommy. I mean, I've heard really good things. Queen of Blood. But I, you know what? I'm going to have to go with the Season 5 limited edition bus. It just it looks so gnarly. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it really is cool, man. If you got to pick up some, maybe don't spend $134 on it <laughs> that Amazon's asking for right now. I think that might be a misprint or something. That doesn't make any sense. It can't be $134. Um, but yeah, I'm going to go with that because that's just, you know, for the collectors, you know, pick that shit up, man. Pick that shit up. Yeah, I would also say that one too. Even though I don't like those box sets, uh, I man, they look it. so they do look good. That like, one is probably my favorite though. Like the, I, I just like the way that looks. But yeah, I, I'm just not a big fan of like toys, the the mm-hmm. toy looking things. Like they just take up too much space. They're a good investment though. Yeah, if you want to resell them to some Australian. Fucking got three hundred bucks for season twos. Yeah, that's fucking yeah, man. That zombie head, dude. I seen like there was ones on eBay going for like as high as seven hundred dollars. Really? Damn, <laughs> yeah. I got three hundred for mine. 
Yeah, it's crazy. I don't know if anyone was actually buying those, but yeah, yeah. you know the the prices were just crazy on it, man. It was fucking nuts. But yeah, that's gonna do it for uh, DVD and Blu-ray releases. Uh, do we got any voicemails, JP? Yeah, we got two voicemails, both from Derek. We had a third voicemail, but it was from Lawrence. Unfortunately, we're not gonna play it because. Uh, it seemed like he was losing service or it was like cutting out a lot and you couldn't really make out the first part of the voicemail and I didn't want to really sit through it, you know, have the listeners sit through like muffles. But the second part of voicemail, we were able to make out a question and it was asking like, hey, we did Italian Horror Month. Would we do another uh, version with a a different country? Uh, We haven't really discussed it. So what do you guys think? Well, I mean, it's always a possibility for sure. I'm always France. down for, you know, you know, something from France. Uh, yeah, man. I mean, it, I don't Mexican see why not. One. Of course, of course, man. You know, like, you know, Canadian month. No, let's do <laughs> Mexico month, dude. French, you know, Spanish films. Yeah, man. Yeah, I mean, Spanish there's lots of really films would be fucking awesome. You know, um, Australian cinema would be fucking awesome. I mean, there's just lots of possibilities, but you know, like JP said, we haven't Ooh. generally disgusted in uh, Australia would be hard great detail um, no no a rather million Australian films yeah but it's a rather new genre no then you said that the other day and I was like you're retarded I'm not no, retarded. man no there's tons and tons of films that you can pick from but you know it's just you know it's a different place that's a possibility but no I I, I think you know what do you guys think uh, me would personally like to- I I don't really want to do another full month of anything but Italian. Like, I kind of like that, the the Italian thing. Like, oh, like, it's November is Italian month. Like, that we're celebrating Italian films. It, it doing another one, then it would be, like, maybe two months out of the year we're doing stuff. It just seems like uh, mm-hmm. a, a, a lie, you know. But I'm not opposed to doing a Spanish-themed show or, if, you know, I want to do the French-themed show. Uh, and yeah. You know, I, I I I don't know. Like, I'm not I'm not saying if you guys wanted to do it, I wouldn't do it too. I'm just saying, like, I'm not the biggest fan of doing another full month unless we replaced the Italian month next year with another country. But I I'm still kind of pulling for Italian month too. <laughs> Italian horror month 2016 mm-hmm. version. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you know, I guess it kind of takes away from you know having a specific theme month. You know, if you're doing another one in the year, I, I do agree with that. But, you know, as for doing theme shows like Italian or, uh, you know, country theme shows. Yeah, I'm definitely not opposed to that. No, I'm, so da- I'm a 100% down with that, especially like it really helps me get more into that specific uh, location. Like if we did, even though I really don't, they would be like low on my list if we did Japanese then I would probably see, you know, five more Japanese films than I, than I had seen. And that's kind of what I liked about the Italian Horror Month was it just kind of made my sense of and knowledge of that area a little bit better. Which is I mean, to be honest, I, I, it really wouldn't – it doesn't really matter to me. I mean, I would – you know, I would even take a poll. I mean, you know, just list off a bunch of countries, people vote, and we do it because it doesn't – essentially matter to me yeah yeah what country yeah, it is i think sure. they would all be fun in general whether it be japanese or you know hong kong films or whatever it doesn't matter to me hong kong that'd be <laughs> fucking insane yeah i mean there's lots of really <laughs> cool possibilities out there so yeah, yeah like or just like a random ass country that i didn't even know made films <laughs> <laughs> like african there are some south african films yeah but yeah. 
I don't know about like District Nine. The director is fucking South African. Mm-hmm. That is true. Yeah, the, there isn't really a lot of them though. It's actually kind of crazy. Also, I always wonder like if it's done by an Italian director, but it's like an American production. Does that automatically make it not an Italian film, or like ha- we'd have to kind of discuss that as well? <laughs> yeah. Um... I don't really want to get into this. A lot of people, yeah, yeah a lot this, of people. This seems to, to Italy yeah, to shoot it seems to confuse then. the shit out of people. This is a lot. Of, it was really cheap to shoot in Italy back in the day, so a lot of film crews from America went over there to shoot. So I don't know if many people from Italy came over here to shoot. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not really. I didn't really mean it like that. Just yeah, yeah, yeah. They were living in the. Well, US, they did. I mean, Fulci. I mean, Fulci shot in New York all the, like tons, man. Yeah. yeah. You know, like a lot of these films, like but New they York were Pittsburgh Italian stuff. productions, though. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. They, they were totally 100 percent Italian productions, right? They're funded by you know Italians and everything, yeah. but they they would shoot scenes, you know, like you know, like Zombie Man, fucking New York, and you know, takes place. They were just a lot of those Italian directors were obsessed with New York, mm-hmm. so got a film there. Make it's it still it's still happening today, like what Jeremy said, where he said that people were you know, go into this location to shoot oh, yeah. back in the day. Uh, Joe Lynch is actually a good example of somebody who recently did that. He shot Everly in Serbia because it was way cheaper. Way cheaper, yeah. Yeah, that makes but sense. But then you have to shoot a film in Serbia. Not <laughs> even that. Then you, have to get, you have to get fucking visas for your crew. And no. Well, he actually hired a lot of Serbian, Serbians. And a lot of them who were working on this, who worked on a Serbian film. Mm-hmm. Mm. That makes sense. Yeah. I mean, it's just like, you know, Americans shoot. Because how many Serbians are there making movies? So. <laughs> I don't know, dude. Well, I'm just saying. It's like, of course he would hire the crew who worked on Serbian films. Yeah, because be that's, serious. That's how many notable. people are in Serbia are making films? It's a legit statement. No offense to the Serbians. I'm just being. Who knows? Um, but, yeah, no, it, it's just like Americans shooting in Canada. I mean, their dollars were so much. It's just cheap, you know, good locations up here. And you get your fucking well, get tons of bang for your buck, man. What's that? Nothing. <laughs> I'm just messing with you. <laughs> I did. I didn't hear what you said. But no, it's it's a it's a fact though, man. I mean, there's been yeah thousands and thousands of films shot here, and especially in Vancouver, in Toronto, and stuff, because it's just cheaper to shoot. Well, they would get a tax credit in the '80s. Like that's one of mm-hmm. the reasons why they would do it too in the '80s. Like the Canadian the Canadian government would like give them money to shoot films up there. Yeah. Tax break. Yeah, I mean, fuck. It, you know, when you're in Vancouver, like you, you can't go anywhere without seeing something being filmed. There's something always being shot there. It's just, it's kind of like Vegas, man. Like always crews everywhere. So, all right. So I hope that answered your question. That we would potentially do something like that, but maybe not a whole month worth of it. So let's uh, continue along. First, we got one from Derek, and then we got another one from Derek. So first up from Derek. Hello, my friends. Of course, I had to Hi, Derek. for Mario Baba Week, since A Bay of Blood was my pick for most influential horror film for episode 50. It wouldn't be right if I didn't make that appearance. I hope you guys thought of that when watching that film, and I also hope you guys enjoyed Black Sunday and Blood and Black Lace. Better be no 5 out of 10s in there with Sandy Vaginas. <laughs> now my question is redirected to something Brandon asked on a previous show, I believe. Brandon, I would love the guest on the 22 Shots and hope we can work something out so I can in the future. So my question is this. 
would you guys like to talk a film or two sometime? Hope we can work something out. And I think the fellow listeners would too. I'll be back with a question in the next voicemail. P.S. Jeremy, no hard feelings, bud. We watch that shit. Peace out. <laughs> so. Yes, uh, I did watch this shit, and fuck you. Fucking. Uh, <laughs> my um, ratings. Thank once again, uh, Derek. I guess we'll be seeing that again, but mm-hmm. you know, it's always nice to hear. So, guessing on the twenty-two shots, how does one get involved with us? You don't. Well, well, it involves it a lot Jeremy, of jaw gymnastics, a lot of jaw g- gymnastics, uh, knee yeah. pads, and Kyle just, didn't get uh, on here by handy. just special just being handies. a nice guy. He got on yeah. here for being. an extra nice guy oh, he worked he, he worked his you know he worked it man he was a little confused why when he showed up there was just an abundance of jars of uh you know cheese whiz and things like that he was no he was no, no no he even he even looked down and he saw my sandy vagina and he's like what is that but he still went to town yeah there you go man yeah kyle worked hard yeah he worked hard he licked my sandy vagina up and down <laughs> that makes me gag uh, yeah, but and, he, and then he went dick. It was gross watching. Gross watching. So yeah, um, you know, as you guys know, we've had one guest on this show so far, and and he's been on here twice. His name is Kyle. Uh, I also <laughs> host a podcast that. with him, and uh, we haven't had anybody else on. And uh, we don't know. We don't know. Honestly, the timing worked really well with Kyle. Uh, he actually got mad that we didn't invite him on the Lucio Fauci moods. He said he was available for that when Jeremy really? canceled. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't. I thought it would be too short notice, but I actually didn't even think about it to be honest. It was just really busy that week too. Yeah. Didn't even cross like, my fucking yeah, mind. But like, sorry about that, Kyle. I was like, yeah, well, um, Kyle, we switched up the recording day, and we're now doing it Fridays during the day. And he's like, I'm off Fridays. And I was like, oh. yeah, <laughs> yeah th- that, I mean, that's always a factor, you know, like, how do you get on the show? Well, the main thing is, if you want to guest, you know, um, like we're I said, we're not going to well, change our time. That's the thing. We really can't like we're kind of strapped for a time slot in our in our lives because, of course, we live in different time zones. That doesn't help. But it is it's very limited on the days that we can do it. It's either Thursday night or Friday morning. And that's it. And we prefer to do it Friday morning because, as we all know, when we do it Thursday night, Jeremy gets a little fucking – little butthurt at everything and he gets a little hey, – gets a little out the last... Well, essentially he acts like a four-year-old on no, the show. No, two out of the with, three. With a fucking dirty Two mouth. out of the three, all right? I yeah. thought the Gento show and the fucking – the third show – no, I thought uh, – what was the show before Night of Demons? Tales you weren't on that. Crypt. I think it was West Crib. No. Oh, no, that was Tales from the Crypt. Yeah, I thought Tales from the Crypt and fucking Argento was really good. We shot those at fucking three o'clock in the morning. I was yeah, all right. Yeah, both of those shows of, were good. I think just the Night of the Demons really good. show. Night of the Demons was our worst show ever, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I think we did did good in Italian horror as well. Uh, you know, honestly, the the thing that comes down to it, like Moon said, is can you meet the schedule? And two, uh, we got we got to see, man. We got to see how, how how it works out. We got to see how uh, you know if there's going to be chemistry. We don't want it to be awkward. I'm sure. You know, it, it might be fine with Derek, but maybe we do like get Derek on like a trivia night or something and then, you know, go from there. We, we're really not doing a whole trivia lot of night apparently right is now. audition is audition. 
It's a casting couch. <laughs> it's not. It's just a real fancy way of auditioning. You yes. know, <laughs> we're going to ask you a bunch of questions, make you look like a fucking idiot for like two hours. You got to you got to and then okay I'll set the situation like after the fact. I'll be like, well, you know, he, yeah. he looked he looked and sounded like a fucking idiot, but it was you know, it was good. It was funny. There, there, so, I got to be you honest. Know, you can jump on a board. You can there, jump on a board. Jump on a board. What is that? Some kind of weird Canadian slang right there. <laughs> what the fuck is that? Jump aboard. <laughs> Talking oh, from the guy who says fucking phone all the time. I I only use – it's funny I, I say phone because I usually – it's funny. I use all the words. I say Joe most of the time. Give that bitch a Joe. That's terrible. It's just – that's just the way that's, I talk. And it's not terrible. JP, stop being a fucking cunt, OK? Seriously. Ooh, it's terrible. Oh, he's like fucking just slammed him. He's like, oh, don't call me a cunt. That's not nice. <laughs> I just really want to do an Australian show now. <laughs> yeah. like, just like call everything a cunt. <laughs> I don't know, man. But the only thing about Derek, he does make me a little nervous because I feel like he's easily offended or at least he 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 I don't know if he can handle like Jeremy being a dick and me being a dick. Uh, I don't want him to I don't want to like, you know, upset. That's him right. Live I've never, that's right. I'm you know never, what I mean? I'm never a dick. Yeah, pretty much. I never. just called you a cunt. Yeah, but even yeah, when but you, that's not me. Even when you <laughs> yeah, even when you're trying to be a jerk, it's still hard to take you like a jerk. <laughs> it's like no because every time i say something that could potentially be like mean or you know offensive or something you're like well he's no he's just canadian you know that's essentially what it comes down yeah. to it's like he's just nice he's just canadian man he doesn't really mean that okay haha <laughs> you're funny um but no seriously like kyle was somebody that i could pretty much like make fun of to the till ever and i don't think he's gonna get mad and if he does i don't care fuck kyle uh but i don't want to be mean to Derek and then <laughs> get like upset at us so uh derek just i i guess we could try it i don't know we'll, we'll see well that was very honest of you i never you know thought of that but uh you know it's very that's honest yeah i, I want to be honest <laughs> and we it. all know i offend everybody so that's true yeah i would yeah, say i, so, I, I would say you, something i don't even know how you walk around every day like don't you just offend yourself too yeah i would say something like you're a fat asshole or something you'd get offended and that would be the end of it <laughs> Not saying that you're fat, Derek. I'm just saying. That's exactly what you're saying. <laughs> what are you talking about? Boots is fat too, though. So. Yeah, I got a big fucking. You know, I think all of us have not, put a little on a little six pack since our high school days. <laughs> I have a real six pack. Actually, it's like a. It's more like a pony keg. You know. <laughs> you know. Drink a lot of fucking beer. What can I say, man? I'm gonna offend everybody. So, what do you? What do you? Is there anything else you want to touch on there? Um, no, like in all honesty, man, I think it is more like, you know, as JP was trying to, uh, he muffled it somewhere in there, but it is, man, you know, like we don't want someone on the show that's going to be, I'm, we're not saying that you are going to be awkward or anything, but it's just having that awkward. I mean, we already have Jeremy. We don't need something else kind of, you know, yeah, sidetracking like, us too. Cause we already have to deal with Jeremy's awkwardness and stuff. And then if we have someone else, it's like, holy fuck, it's going to be like real tedious. And I'm going to be just saying cunt a lot. And I don't even know what happens there. What, what but, you is, know. Like we do talk to Derek a lot in like chat messages and stuff. But one of the things that we did with Kyle, like I talked to Kyle in other on like Skype, like all the time. And he did that many shots with me. That was like his audition. Like, it, I knew that there was like some chemistry there and, and Kyle didn't do the best, the best in the world on the first show, but I thought he did decent enough and he, and he's doing great on our show now. And, and the second time we had him back, he did good. Uh, so I do want there to be, I'm not just going to put anybody on the show 
who hasn't done a podcast before as their first thing doing it with us. So maybe if we yeah, because this is prime first. time, bitch, <laughs> prime time. You know, you know we don't need another night to, of demons. We're being show. broadcasted to you know at least fourteen or fifteen people out there. So <laughs> you know, we don't really don't want to embarrass you and shit. Man, so. fourteen and fifteen people. We got fourteen and fifteen listeners. We're paying fourteen to fifteen dollars for Night of the Return of the Living Dead four and five. Man, everything <laughs> yeah. is fourteen and fifteen. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. Um, but no, no. In all, in all, seriously, Derek. Um, yeah, I think that there's, you know, I, th- I think it would probably work out sometime. Just it, it, like I said, the biggest thing is the scheduling, though. That's one thing that we struggle with ourselves. You know, yeah. putting someone else into the mix and trying to figure that out is just—it gets complicated. I mean, it sounds easy, but it actually—it's these fucking time zones, man. You know, I guess you're in the same time zone as. Uh, um, me jp as jp really you yeah. can't remember his name no i was i was <laughs> is he just your fucking cannoli i was thinking of maybe he was in the same time zone as you because you guys are like right on that time. fucking boston he's on the fucking oh, coast it's not even the same Come shut on. up jeremy listen so i i do yeah the, i and derek works <laughs> nights that's the thing right yes, Derek works con, nice yeah. as well nights as well Right. Yeah, I remember I did that one time, man. I had worked a, a graveyard shift or whatever, and then I stayed up and then did the show. Holy fuck. By the end of the show, I was just so delirious, man. <laughs> you guys remember that show? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That, I was just fucking Yeah, you like so argued with me about like Pet Cemetery 2 or something, and it was awkward. Yeah, I don't even like <laughs> – I went back and listened to it, and I was like – I was astounded at the conversation. I was like, I don't remember saying any of that. <laughs> fucking crazy. <laughs> All right. So before we move on to Derek's second voicemail, Jeremy, do you have anything to add to that? Nah. You never <laughs> fucking have anything to add. I don't even know well, why. Thanks I for the input. Hey, hey, Jeremy, don't be awkward, okay? Like, really, you know. You already know my opinion. I don't want to offend people by being an asshole. So I'm just going to keep my mouth shut. You just offended me by yeah, not but saying Jay, anything. Yeah, but you guys know my opinion on having guests on the show. Yeah, he gets a little butter. Yeah, he doesn't like it. having guests on the show. Even yeah, I don't like it. I don't like it. <laughs> There you go. Okay. I think it fucks up the chemistry of us three. And then, like we said, it would be awkward. And then, if you don't know how to really talk that well on a microphone or or get nervous. Well, uh, yeah. Or even me, I don't know how to put together thoughts half the time. But essentially, what Jeremy is saying is we don't need another Jeremy on the show. Yeah. We already have one. Yeah. (laughs) Like I said, I'm the Fred Norris of the 22 Shots of Moods and Horror. (laughs) Oh, the Fred Norris. Yeah. I just sit here and I put play sound effects and I chip in every once in a while. I'm the third winger. Chime in. Yeah. All right. So let's move on to the next voicemail, which is also Derek. Yeah. Hey guys, Derek again. I got two questions. One for Moe's and JP and one for Jeremy. Since he wasn't on the Fulgy show, probably due to Sandy Vagina, but it's all good. Well, since you and JP both saw the Gates of Hell trilogy and Horsehead, and since it's pretty much a love letter to Italian cinema and the Gates of Hell, which is pretty obvious when they cast Katerina McCall in one of the roles of the film, do you guys think it's a film that will grow on people after rewatch, like rewatch value? And this one is for Jeremy, since he is the French expert. 
Jeremy, Expert. can you please tell people why the Fab Five is called the Fab Five real quick and clarify that? And why Irreversible isn't part of it? I'm just trying to explain it, but you are the French expert. So please help clarify this. Thank Fuck you, Mood. You're the Italian stallion. We get awesome stuff. Yeah. Yes. You guys should do a French horror month. And you should start it off with like a Gene Roland series, because that'd be badass. Because Gene Roland is fucking amazing. Go French. And Italian, of course. Peace out. <laughs> fucking bitch at me being the French expert. You're the fucking Italian stallion, so fuck you. Okay, well, so Derek, Jeremy, thank you for phoning in again. Why don't you... Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, Jeremy, why don't you answer the question? All right, so from my understanding, the reason why Irreversible isn't part of the Fab Five or the Fab Six, it really should be the Fab Four, but we'll get into that. But the Fab... Five, why I think Irreversible isn't part of it because it doesn't follow a home invasion subgenre. The Fab Four, well, you know, um, Inside Martyrs, uh, High Tension, and Frontiers are all home invasion films, body horror, if you want to say that, all with strong female protagonists. Um, and while Frontiers really doesn't have a strong female protagonist and it doesn't really follow a home invasion subgenre of of horror um i mean there's a huge rape scene in fucking irreversible that's totally demeaning to the main female character in the film so i obviously think that it's shouldn't be in the fab five whatsoever that film no way just like i stand alone shouldn't be in the fab five i think if anything has uh a argument of being part of that category it would be claire denise's uh, trouble every day but i think that's the fucking name of it right yeah i'm being stupid right now i'm having a brain fart it's the claire denise movie that i talked about a little bit yeah i think it's trouble every day but a whatever brain quiff yeah brain whatever quiff. <laughs> but but i think that movie would be more acceptable as being part of the five films than irreversible and why people have an argument is them really isn't a home invasion film it has some parts that include home invasion but it's not in the same level as a film as inside or martyrs which is pretty much straight up home invasion so i think that's why that's why many people have a have the argument that it's not part of the four films and it wasn't really until the internet started picking up on this french extreme movement that them got added to the list um as more people started to watch it i think it's more of a community type thing of adding it to the list than than actually including it as part of the fab five i guess if you want to say so that's my answer or simply it's because they all came out around the exact same time i don't well, know high tension, <laughs> high tension that's every movie little, yeah it's before. 2003 but that's but, with every movement that comes out during a certain time but yeah it was just, it's yeah. just my so the thing with the fab four slash but that was a good answer five. jeremy that was a good yeah. answer um I think honestly, the reason why Irreversible also isn't included is because it was, uh, I think it kind of had its wave like a little bit before these films. These films all kind of toured this festival circuit together. Uh-huh. And that's, that's why it was like the critics and the journalists who sort of dubbed them the Fab Four because they were all like French, new extremity type, whatever you want to say it is. I don't know the exact 
definition. That's the name of it. Stuff. It's French extremity. Okay, and they were all, you know, sort of uh, piling around in the festival circuit together, the films. So they started dubbing them the Fab Four. Uh, it really didn't have anything to do with uh, home invasion per se, but it probably did kind of uh, lump them together as well uh, as, you know, like, though these films are kind of the same or whatever. Yeah. And then... It is a good argument, though. You know, it's a good thing to, to mention. Yeah. Uh, but it really came from just reviews that came out. Like the websites online started calling them like the Fab Four, the Fab Four of this year or whatever. Like they, they were all like kind of in the same <clears throat> sort of festival circuit. And then uh, them came along afterwards. And like Jeremy said, as the internet went on, people were like, well, this one's kind of similar to them too. So they just started lumping it in. And uh, that you know became the Fab Five. But it originally was the Fab Four. Yeah, I think I think we came up with the the Fab Five. It's quite, it, it's it, it could actually be possible because I haven't seen anybody else say it. Yeah, like I said, <laughs> I think I think Trouble Every Day is more of a Fab Four type of a film than them. But it's the fact that it came out in two thousand two that it wouldn't I wouldn't consider it part of the list because it was pretty early. I mean, it's only a year after before High Tension, but I was going to say yeah, it's but not High that Tension didn't really come out in two thousand three though, right? That's just the the date on IMDb. It didn't come out until like late 2005 in the U.S. Yeah. In, in that like festival circuit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. They're good films anyway. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And there was a question for me and Moods, I believe. Oh yeah, Horsehead. Um, yeah, I you know I think it's you know the thing with Horsehead is that it's such a new film, and I think a lot of people just haven't gotten around to seeing it. Um, so for the people that have, you know, will it, will they gain a, like a bigger appreciation for it and stuff? Probably. Cause it's definitely one of those films where you don't just watch once and fully understand. You probably don't watch it twice. Not even three, three times. times yeah. And fucking fully understand. It's one, it's a really, really interestingly odd film, but it's, it's so beautiful that you can't help but like, you know, rewatch it. So yeah, I think that, you know, as time goes on, I think people will gain a better pr- appreciation for it. And I think, you know, it's one of those ones that people, you know, once they see, they'll ha- have to repeat, you know, those, the, you know, those new people too, they're going to have to fucking watch it four or five times. So yeah, you know, to, you know, not to, you know, the short and long of it. Yeah, I think so. I think it's just one of those, I think it's a perfect example of a film that just needs to be touched on more times. You need to pop oh. it in more. So. My, my thing is, it, it's just not a film that's gonna, it's gonna, it's not gonna stay relevant. It hasn't stayed relevant. Like it came out, it had a little bit of buzz, and it went away. And I think that partly due to like the way that the culture of of films has changed over the years. Like these films lasted in the video store decades for a long mm-hmm. time. You know, people rented them. They they developed cult followings. Like it's way harder for that to happen with a film that comes out now. I can't predict the future. I don't know if uh Horsehead will become one of those uh cult type films or, or whatever, but honestly, I it probably might just fade into obscurity. Well, it it's partially in due to the fact that you know, there's an abundance of films that come out all the time. Yeah, and yeah, it, it's, this it came out like on a mature. low label that doesn't have yeah. a wide reach. It's just one of those films that are not going to be seen by enough people in order to make it. Yeah. Something yeah, like there, remember- like there's just an abundance of like, you know, the horror films, you know, in our realm. I mean, fuck dude, there's like, 
you know, like it seems like five, six hundred films out there that, you know, could potentially see this year. And, you know, I, I've seen like over a hundred and it's like not even close, but it just seems like there's films kind of so often that it's so easy to forget about a film like Horsehead. You yeah. know, I watched it earlier part in the earlier part of the year and I've been trying to like, you know, keep up and watch all these films that I need to probably see before the year end show, you know, for myself. So, you know, I haven't forgot about it. I am actually going to rewatch it here soon again. I have watched it twice. Um, so I, I'm gonna I'm gonna rewatch it again too, but you know I, I mean I think it's just hard I think I, for a film to to have that you know replay value down you know down the uh, down the road it's it, hard I to stand it, out in 2015 and beyond. That, man. That's essentially what it is. It's really hard. You really have to stand out instantly as soon as you come out. You know this one had some buzz, but like you said, it it was kind of forgotten. I think it's because there's so many other films that are coming out that are getting so much buzz also. And it's all the talk of like horror comedies and stuff. And it just seems to be that year where everyone just wants to see all those type of films. I don't really know. I'm just speculating, right? Yeah. But, but, but it's let's, also let's look at the it fact this way too. Out. Like no other people than hardcores are ever going to see Horsehead. Uh, maybe a handful of people. But I, I think with these Italian films, the Gates of Hell trilogy, like I feel like they were in U.S. video stores and anybody could have rented them. You know, if you like, if you even casually liked horror films, like you might pick up a Bay of Blood based on the cover or something. It, it's just different times, man. And and honestly, yeah. the like uh, ins- well, inspiration in the film, I don't know because I had watched these films afterwards and I kind of forget Horsehead a little bit because it's a cluster fuck of a nightmare. Yes. <laughs> so I would movie. be curious to it, go back very... and check it out after seeing these Gates of Hell films because it makes sense now. Like mm-hmm. it makes sense that they like I'm starting to think like oh yeah like it probably was very inspirational. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cool. Yeah, I want to check it out again. I just remember it being, you know, so beautiful, man. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, beautiful film. So. Definitely the best cinematography of the year. Yeah, so it's really, really well shot. Yeah. Well lit. So, yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, do we do we have a knowledge segment this week? We don't, do we? No, we don't. So, you, but... know, what, so you, so you know what I'm going to do? Instead of not, you know, we don't have a knowledge segment. So, I'm just going to talk about something that I watched this week. Um, it, this is not what we watch or anything. I just I'm only bringing this up because Jeremy and JP have actually seen this and also talked about it. Where you guys can go and listen to it on many shots. Um, this Episode week I four. actually finally got in. Uh, I finally got my copy of Angst in. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> fucking finally, and it showed up, and I like literally ran downstairs like a four year old and fucking popped it in. I had to watch it. I've been craving to watch this for so long. What do you think? And, um, oh, it's fucking terrible. No, no, um, I was just floored. I told you, man, that movie is fucking a masterpiece. You know, this is what I love. And this is what I wanted to talk about. This is what I absolutely love about genre films. And the fact that there's still movies out there that I haven't seen before that have can do this to me. I was so enthralled in this film by not only the amazing cinematography, but it's just the whole setup of this film. I just love the narrate, the, the narrate, um, you know, the voiceover, you know, getting to, into the side, in, oh, wait, inside wait, wait, wait. the mind of the lunatic and stuff. What would you rate it? Wait, well, hold get, up. I'll get to I'll the get review to first. I'll, I'll whole, get Hall of Fame. I was so enthralled right away. Just simply, you know, this guy getting out, you know, he's, he's done these crimes and things like that. And just instantly the voiceover and you immediately get into this into the mind of this lunatic and it's like holy fuck man it's like really cool and then you're just grabbed you are fucking grabbed instantly by the cinematography it's shot so well so beautiful and i will say cult epics 
transfer on this movie was just <laughs> amazing. Amazing. I couldn't believe how good this thing looked for, you know, not really having a release. So this is crazy. But anyways, the cinematography was just on a different level and it really, really captivated me. You know, because of the shit that he's doing and the way they filmed it, man, you just can't get away from the emotion that it's capturing. And I have to say the lead, the lead character in the film, he uh, he he was just he his acting was so good. Like, you know, he's very paranoid and he's excited and he, he's showcasing all these emotions at once. And I think, you know, the way he's acting and cinem- cinematography mixed together was just the perfect match. They caught everything perfectly. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like the scene where in the film where he initially uh, the people come home and then he just starts kind of freaking out and he's just all paranoid and he's all sketched out and he's falling on the ground. He's doing all this shit. And the way it's shot is just like, it's so fucking brilliant, but there's so many good scenes in this film without giving too many scenes away. There's a scene where he's putting bodies into a trunk and uh, the way that thing was shot was just, my jaw was on the ground. It was just so fucking amazing. Do you see how much, the uh, fucking Gaspar Noe was influenced by this movie. Oh, yeah. It's fucking yeah. insane. Yeah. But almost every scene in the film is just shot. But, you know, it's just getting into the side inside the mind of a lunatic. And, uh, you know, just the things that he is saying in the film, you know, like there, there's one scene in there where he realizes that he can actually keep the bodies and he gets so excited. Yeah. Yeah. from it that he literally comes in his pants did you listen to our review or you probably skipped it because you didn't see no it no no no. i never i never did because i hadn't seen it right it's so a I really didn't... good review i i would say so i don't know what jeremy thinks no but... that was really good mm-hmm. yeah because we're and saying I I everything that you're saying like we've like this is I, all I think it's, <laughs> yeah i probably think it's my best review ever yeah i literally like no, yeah i hadn't listened to it but these are just the things that i noticed and it, it was just like Oh my god, man! It, the cinematography. I have to say, the house that they filmed this at was just yeah, it's amazing. amazing, odd, eh? Like yeah. the house was huge, but just the underground pathway, like out into the back, it's just fucking strange. How it was, um, but you know, the whole movie, like I, there wasn't a second that I was watching this movie where I was just like, look at the time or look away. Like I was oh. just mm-hmm. right from the get go, right to the very last shot in the film, which was incredible in itself, you know, and uh, oh. I just loved it, man. It was it was just fantastic, really, really. Think the about one that tunnel scene, man. Yeah, the, the tunnel. Scene I love the brutal. we it's, we talked just about a, the tunnel and the location, location, okay. location, location so much because we thought it was just like this brilliant yeah. place to set a film. Yeah, and I thought the tunnel scene, like I said, you know, where he's brutal. with the <laughs> dragging and stuff, and just the way it was shot, it was that still cam and like, you know, and he's just kind of doing all his work and i was like holy fuck man it's like intense and crazy you know because there's so many emotions that are being displayed there like it's it's so morbid it's so morbid but he's like kind of paranoid because he's going super fast he's just like his mind is racing too fast he wants to get this done but then all of a sudden this level of satisfaction clicks in on his character and then and then you realize like how excited he is and it's like holy fuck dude that is really sick he, yeah. It's a really sick moment in the film, and it just captures so many different moment, uh, emotions in a matter of like a minute or two, and you're like, oh, so crazy. And it's just, I, I literally was like, what a sick fuck. It's so funny and, how much you're echoing the things we said. Like, you've seen yeah, it exactly I, like we did, man. <laughs> well, I mean, to be honest, I, I'm going to go back and listen to your guys' review because, you know, but this is like, I just had to talk about this because yeah, I'm glad you did. I hadn't seen it. I know it's you my guys. my favorite had film seen. of the year. And my rate, my rating on this film, 10 out of 10, absolutely masterpiece. Now, and and what I was getting back to was, 
you know, I'm so glad that there's films out there that I've never seen that are, you know, yeah, it's incredible that that could even exist. The the film that that could be that good still hadn't hadn't had a release in the U.S. Uh, I want to ask you this though: is is Many Shots canon with our ratings? Because if it is, because you put the Phantom's Carriage and I didn't review that on the show. Yeah, man, it's still it's still part. No, I just say I gave it a ten out of ten. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it is. It is. Okay, it's just, so it's just that, an offset of twenty-two shots. It's just like yeah. you know, it's like the little baby brother. Yeah, it's so. the uh, it's the casting couch for people like Kyle and the casting Derek. couch. Yeah. <laughs> so, so what did what did you guys rate it by the way? Uh, Jeremy, back on mini shots episode four, gave it a ten out of ten. I gave oh. it a nine point five out of ten. Moods gives it a ten. Out of ten for a combined rating of twenty nine point five. Okay. okay, so let me ask you something. Why did you give it nine and a half? Because I know you questioned me too when I gave you know Gates of Hell and Beyond nine and a half. Soon you're like, why not tens? And I was like, I, I don't know. Like uh, I think I'm just really starting to realize that like you know there's certain things that you can overlook and you know you know what it is. I explained. Mm-hmm. I explained what the Italian like what Italian films are and like how I rate them and stuff. So I'm curious. What did what's what the nine and a half? I believe in the review I said I don't know why I'm giving it a nine and a half, but mm-hmm. if I if I could maybe say uh, maybe that the story was just a little chaotic. I know it's supposed to be. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. trying to justify why I would give it a nine and a half. I'm not really sure. Maybe it wasn't just good. Technically, yes. Technically, it is good enough to be a ten out of ten. But as a narrative. Is it a 10 out of 10? Yeah, probably. But if I'm going to justify why I didn't, to me, maybe the narrative just wasn't good enough to to give it a 10 out of 10 at the time. At the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think just... I could totally see myself giving this a 10. And I believe I even said that in the review. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I gave it a 9.5. I'm cool with that rating for now. If I rewatch it, I'll change my rating if I think it's a 10. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's just a surely it's awesome movie brilliant <laughs> you, film man like, you know what's hilarious about you bringing this up though yeah uh in me and kyle's latest x-files podcast he brought it up and was like i finally watched angst and went into like a similar thing that you just did so oh, i've really? now talked about this film like twice this week by two different people at like r- a random chance jesus that's crazy yeah i mean it's pretty hard not to say those things i mean they're just true Oh yeah, yeah it's it's, it's, it's uh, simple. It's it's true, and like no. man, I, I just couldn't believe how how fucking intense that movie was, and just ah, uh, it was good, man. Mm-hmm. It was really good. So yeah, uh, definitely mood to check out our review and listeners. I I mean, a lot of people actually did. That was a really downloaded episode of Many Shots, the most downloaded. Uh, yeah, but I if you haven't heard our review, I honestly think it's a great review, and it's we get really in depth and cover the whole film. Wow, I did something good. Yeah, it's too bad that I, I hadn't, you know, seen the film or had a chance to. Yeah, you know, that would have been a great one for the show, by the way. Yeah, yeah that's – but yeah, that's my short and little – And two Hall of Famers in a row. It. Yeah, that's short yeah. Uh, little review of for angst. I, I just – I had to bring it up, man. You know, I just had no choice. Hall of Fame's getting bigger than the Hall of Pain. I think it actually already is bigger, but it's – it's, um, it's game. I think there's it's, more – it's good. Hall of Famers and Hall of Painters. Yeah, especially so. if we uh, do the uh, Hellraiser franchise, like we like uh, one of the yeah, listeners asked us to. Yeah, but we may be surprised though. Mm-hmm. Q, Q. Because we so. thought about that with Children of the Corn, and only two made it in. Still, two is a lot. <laughs> two is a lot, man. Out of nine, fi- eight films, nine films. Yeah, you should. Mm-hmm. It should like. 
Stop. Oh, Jesus. I can't even talk. All right. Yeah. All righty. So getting into the uh, morbid fact, courtesy of Rue Morgue, the coroner's report of weird stats and morbid facts. Uh, this one is coming from issue 150. Um, the November 2014 issue with the one with the Babadook on the cover. Go figure. Just brought up the Babadook. Yeah. That's strange. Um, yeah. So this one right here, I, I picked it because it was the first one in the uh, list and it was, you know, relevant to, you know, JP. Um, he'll appreciate this if you've seen it. Um, so the X-Files episode, Home, was the first TV episode ever to be given the TV MA mature audiences rating in the U.S., like I was like, what? Yep. They had never had a TVMA fucking uh, rating before yep. that episode. Yeah, I remember Kyle said this to me, and that is Kyle's favorite episode, and he's brought it up like countless times. It's in season four, I believe, so we're quite a ways off from that. But I'm very curious to check it out. Okay, we'll see. I, there you go. Well, see, I'm not. I'm, I guess I'm we'll not... figure out in four years from now. Yeah, <laughs> you guys got a lot of time before that. So I had no idea. Like I don't remember. I, I used to watch X Files sporadically. So I don't know if I've seen the episode or not. I don't even know. So I think it has to do with like ancestral cannibals. Sure. I, I honestly don't remember what I've even seen from the X-Files. So. Yeah. But, but yeah, that is going to conclude Mood Swings. Alrighty, so getting into the featured reviews of this episode 64. And like I said off the top of the show, we are going to be talking about Mario Bob as the master of Italian horror. And... Uh, Director Spotlight. Director Spotlight, yeah, is um, you know the 1960 film, also known as The Mask of Satan, uh, which is retitled uh, Black Sunday from 1960. Um, oddly enough, you know, earlier today I was actually watching, you know, just uh, an interview with um, uh, with Barbara Steele, and I was kind of going through the features, and I was like, oh yeah, I Vampiri is on here, and I Vampiri was a film that Mario Bava had taken over directing in 1956. And, um, you know, he, uh, yeah, ended up taking over. He was actually cinematographer. He ended up taking over the, uh, you know, the actual directing of the film because, you know, Buddy left the production or whatever. And uh, Ivan Puri is actually the very first sound uh, Italian horror film ever directed or ever to come out. Really? In 1958? 1956. Isn't that crazy? Fuck. That's, sound came out in 1924. Around yeah, 24. Man. Yeah, I mean, it became a popular yeah, thing to do sound films in about 1929, 1930. Yeah. I think it's when you really start mass generating but, sound films. But 1956, actually. So Mario Bob is I Vampire, which is a special feature on the Arrow Blu ray. And it's got the whole film. And it's cool when you click on it, it actually comes up with its own menu and, you know, play it. And the, and the print is just beautiful. Like, it looks fantastic on there. So um, I thought that was really cool. But. Just thought I'd mention that about Mario Bava. Of course, we all know Mario Bava, Lamberto Bava's dad. You know, is always considered to be the maestro, the guy that invented the Giallo film. Really, you know. Oh yeah. So, you know, is, Mario is he's Bava's, the one that gets credit credit for it. Yeah, he's he's known as you know the girl who knew too much was the very first Italian Giallo film ever, you know, put out and stuff, which came out in 1961 or something like some just after this film, you know rather but uh yeah black sunday from 1960 um yeah the uh the premise of black sunday um i'll read i'll read off this one just a quick little storyline a vengeful witch and her fiendish servant return from the grave and begin a bloody campaign to possess the body of the witch's beautiful look-alike descendant only the girl's brother and a handsome doctor stand in her way so it's still in this awesome fucking atmosphere man 
Mm-hmm. This movie right here, this movie right here, I've always say, always said that it has probably the thickest and most deranged and outrageous atmosphere in any film ever created. <laughs> it's just fucking unbelievably atmospheric. Yeah, like, like I couldn't opens. tell if it was day or night or like twice. Like it was yeah, yeah. like I love like, films like that. It reminded between, me a little bit of Universal, like classic monster movies as well. And between mm-hmm. this one, like between all three of them. Bafa likes to use the shot of somebody like running through the forest and the cameras. It's like a tracking shot from right to left when somebody's like, we see this in Black and Blood Lace. I said it wrong again. And fucking uh, A Bay of Blood, we see that similar mm-hmm. shot. It's, yeah. it's a really you'll cool see, you'll, you'll actually see that in, in a few Baba films, yeah. to be honest. But this movie right here, man. It just the opening scene in this film is so crazy. I mean, you have to remember too. Um, this I movie love came out 19- the opening scene so Red much. Facts, Ni- this movie is nineteen sixty, and you yeah. know Italian horror films. You know, it's very, it's new. You know, doing sound films. You know, these are being mass produced or widely released and stuff. And imagine seeing this opening scene. Well, you like, know, back it's in those funny days, it must have been really crazy. Because I knew we'd obviously talk about the opening scene, but when I was watching it, I was like, you know what, dude? Everybody talks about how, like, the 70s really was when, you know, post-Psycho was when, uh, you know, gore and, like, brutal stuff was happening. And I'm like, dude, the Italians were doing it way before. (laughs) That's a thing, right? Like, I mean, opening scene is crazy, man. It's just, it's so vicious and brutal, man. Like, what we're seeing here is Barbara Steele's character, Aja. Um, she is basically being denounced and, you know, burned at the stake because she's, you know, being called a witch and she's, you know, <laughs> essentially a witch. And, you know, it's, it's more of a period piece. It happens like 200 years prior. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's, yeah. And, uh, but what, so what we get to see is her up on a stake and, you know, they essentially burn her. But what they do first is they put the mask of Satan on it's her fucking face. Brutal. Well, first they brand her, which is yeah, at first they brand her. Yeah. And then they and they don't just put this mask of Satan on <laughs> her face and then burn her. This mask is actually filled with nails and her brother is the one that actually pounds it into her face. And it's just fucking vicious, man. Like he just he's this big burly guy and he just takes his mallet and just fucking wings it into her face. And it's just so violent. It's very, very violent. You know, they didn't just burn. You know, they had to do all this other stuff. Brander, you know, spike a mask into her face and then burn her. It's fucking crazy. I, and there's this actually, like, blood coming so, out of her face. Yeah, that's, it's like, it's, that's unusual that, for that time period. It's just, I find the opening scene to be so amazing. It's it's so dark and atmospheric. And it's just, it's intense and just visceral. And, like, oh, it, it's just amazing. I, I, I There's something about that opening scene that just makes me, makes the hair on my on my neck stand up. Yeah, it's just, and it's you know, executed even, perfectly. Even the way that it's all like the, the 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 setup of the scene with the guys, the big bulky guys. Why are those guys always super fucking muscular? By the way, the guys with the hoods on and probably, stuff. Why not? <laughs> they probably have to be because those yeah. mallets that they're using yeah. are fucking huge and heavy. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah. those are real, real fucking mallets too. Probably. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, and even like and like later on in the film where. Uh, the witch comes back and her eyeballs are filling back up. Like those are fucking gnarly effects. It's and that was the thing. Sixty, it's fucking great. You know, Mario Bava was always known for you know putting a lot of effort into effects and making things you know very real and stuff. And you know, he was one of those guys that liked to. He focused on you know like I mean it sounds it sounds weird but like he would take a story and he would you know create his film around it and he wouldn't just do things for the sake of doing things. You know that it it all had a meaning to it. You know. 
yeah. and things like that. And and that's one thing I like about Mario Bobby. You know, he takes the story and he just creates the most crazy shit, man. Like you have to, like I said, 1960, man. This movie is dealing with so many different type of themes. Oh yeah. You know, it's got like you know resurrection in it. You know, witchcraft. You know, satanic things are going on. Vampirism, which is so crazy, right? Yeah. You know, and he's got torture scenes in this. He's got, you know, she puts on a curse, you know, as she's being burned at the stake, she she says that she's going to come back. She's putting a curse on her family, you know, for the descendants down the road. She's like, I'm going to come back and I'm going to come and get you guys, you know, in, in you know, whenever it is, I'm going to come back and, you know, uh, kill you guys off to gain the power and I'm going to fucking rule. And she, I, I just love that. Like it's dealing with so many different types of things. It's not just a very simple story. Mm-hmm. That's what I like about Bob. It. Like there's actually a lot going on in this film. It's pretty crazy. So, But all his films are like that though. Yeah. I fucking, yeah. when we get to Bay of Blood, like I had no idea what the fuck was going on. Yeah. We'll get to Bay of Blood story. Yeah. And which is, which is actually, you know, purposely done like that too. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, which is really interesting. But you know, like, what are your guys' thoughts on this film? Like, I just, me, <laughs> it's another one of those films where, you know, like I've said before, and it, it's something about Italian cinema. It's just the uh, the aesthetics of the films themselves are enough for me just to, I, I can't look away, man. They're so, Bava loved art. And you can tell in his shots in the films, too. Like, he, you know, every scene is purposely, you know, executed the way it is, the way it comes out. You know, he frames things purposely and he shoots things a certain way. Of course, this film is not in, in color, which we'll see a lot more. We'll talk about that when we get the um, Blood and Black Lace with him framing and doing colors and stuff. That uh, film's fucking beautiful. But this movie, this movie is really crazy, like the way he frames stuff. And he, like I said, he was a very big fan of art and he loved to stare at art. Like I watched this review with Lamberto Bob, his son, and he would stare at art and just kind of and picture how his art was going to be on the screen and he would frame things purposely. And Lamberto Bava said, you know, he goes, it's pretty interesting that, you know, when you're even watching black Sunday, which is a course in black and white, it almost seems like you're watching a color film because there's so many different shades of black and white uh-huh. that things seem to stick out so well. And that's what separated Mario Bava from a lot of filmmakers because nobody did things like that. Uh-huh. No one took the time. He put all that extra effort that you may not just see on your first watch or whatever. You know, there's things that you, you know, you just eventually catch on to that are just so amazing. You know, so. Yeah, I, I, I definitely agree with everything yeah, I'm trying that to you think, just said. Yeah, I'm I, trying to think what else to say. <laughs> I think yeah. that um, one of the one of the things that you mentioned about like different shades of black and white. It, everything does seem very calculated and honestly I, one of the main things i was impressed with while watching it was i was like this is some damn good cinematography and camera work for 1960 like 1960 dude you know touching on that though mario bava was uh, a dp on films for like 10 years prior this is his first that's this like is probably first... one of the biggest like yeah like important like that's one of the best tools that you can probably have the hardest job in the world yeah and like you know so you know he this is his first full-length film like i said he'd taken over i vampiri but you know he'd been doing cinematography for a long time like i said he was a huge art fan and he literally used to stare at art and just you know kind of picture things and it really does show doesn't it like the camera work and you know the cinematography in general is just it's outstanding. Yeah, but you I don't can't think the way when you're watching these Bava films is fucking yeah, crazy. Yeah, I don't think this film has nothing on the next one. 
I think the next movie is. Yeah, but we'll get to the next one. I know, but it's. You keep doing it. About, you keep doing it. Well, that's like the fourth time you brought it's up. It's kind of hard films. when we said Bob. The thing, is, like, the thing just... is, they're completely different types of films. Like, this movie yeah, right yeah. here is a very dark, gothic yeah. type film. Gothic, you know, Definitely gothic. You know, and that's the thing. And it deals with so many different types of themes and subject matters and stuff. So it's a completely different film. Um, and, you know, which the cinematography and stuff does kind of carry over, you know, with certain things, but. Yeah, there's one thing I love about this film. It's not just like a very simple kind of story. Like there's, you know, things yeah, that are going see, on. I mean, okay, I, I, let me just say something that I've found throughout this Italian month. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's just an Italian thing or what, but like I have a real hard time like differentiating characters in these films and like learning who's who and what they're doing. And I don't know mm-hmm. if it's just the way they're done or if I'm an idiot. But like I, I, no, I have I a hard time following no. some of these sometimes, dude. And no. I, I, like I feel like so stupid afterwards, and I'm like, shit, did I even watch that movie? <laughs> That's why. That, that this is exactly why I said this month might be a little hard for first time watches. I mean, don't feel don't feel bad at all if you're not understanding yeah, things. Like it's JP. perfectly understandable. I didn't understand some of these movies the first time I watched them in, in entirely either. And you know, this is another example where you could easily get confused because Barbara Steele plays two different characters in the movie. She plays Aja, the witch that gets burned, and she plays her descendant, her lookalike descendant from 200 years later. Yeah, they just don't you know? do it. Like, there's not a lot of exposition. To explain well, her character things. is easy to tell. Her her character is easy to tell apart though, because like, I mean, as she's kind of you know making her way, as she's getting being resurrected and stuff, she's fucking like nasty yeah, looking. But you know how really... Americans will like have a scene to point out this stuff. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like there's none of that in all of but, these films that we watch. Mm-hmm. But I was, mm-hmm. but you heard me. And it's something that I actually we prefer. About... Sorry, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was saying you don't be. A embarrassed to say you don't understand something remember last week with the church i had no idea what the fuck was going on yeah and you know and i said the church is a great example of a film that you know like i said i even admitted to the first time i watched it i didn't come up with you know the whole and 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 once again when we get on i didn't i didn't fucking understand half the shit in all three of these movies and i still don't understand that Mm-hmm. Especially yeah, Bay of Blood. Bava, like, Bava films are great examples of things that, that do take a few watches to fully appreciate. Yeah. You know, there's nothing simple about the film. And, it, and you know what? In my opinion, it's a really, really good thing. Like, I've watched Black Sunday so many times, and I've said I've, I've said it many, many times. This is my favorite Mario Bava film. Just, And it's also in due to the fact that this is the very first Mario Bava film I ever seen. So I've seen this one a Me little too. bit more. <laughs> you know? And, you know, and I've always had this kind of connection to Black Sunday, and I just the second the movie starts playing i'm just enthralled in it i just can't believe this movie came out in 1960 it just seems so far ahead of its time and but i do understand where you're coming from because you know even multiple watches i i I think every time i watch the film i pick out something else too you know so don't feel bad if you're not understanding you know the characters and and being told specifically who these characters are and stuff it's just they're the type of films that you just you have to like you know, I guess just pay 110% to everything that's going on yeah. and, and literally take notes, like literally. See, take- and you know what? I, I, if we do this again next year, I will absolutely on all the films have a notepad because I feel like when I took notes on Argento and when I took notes on Cemetery Man, I was able to really get into them. These ones, after the, they're over and I, the, like the next day I'm thinking about it, I'm like, I don't know what the fuck I'm going to say about this because <laughs> it, it's just like I start forgetting things and I'm like, how did that happen? And it's like very frustrating and that that's sort of what i meant by disappointed or or uh embarrassed it's it's more just like for the show like i'm don't know what the fuck i'm gonna how i'm yeah. gonna explain my thoughts on this mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, you know, just some, do what sometimes, I do. sometimes the films, I mean, we can talk about, you know, the styles and the aesthetics of the film and, you know, the narratives and things like that. I mean, we can only say so much. And, you know, I don't want to give scene you know specific scenes right away and stuff but mm-hmm. one thing i do is like, jeremy did touch on the effects a little bit and i think they're creepy as shit in this film man yeah, they're fucking I think they're good. awesome like when i was yeah. watching it and their fucking eyeballs are filling up i was like yeah dude you have to uh-huh. just think about it this is 1960 like uh-huh. this yeah. is like right after the sci-fi boom of the 50s <clears> and it's still going on a little bit into the 60s but this is the time we're fucking giant puppets and strings are flying through space and shit like that and like fucking laser beams and and stupid shit like that so to have something like this gruesome but but once again i think it's because we're americanized american films that's what we typically watch that maybe this was normal you know i always remember fucking seeing titties and fucking italian films from 1920 in school it's just it's all about just the the place where these films are from I don't know if uh, if films from before this had effects like that. Moods would be the better person to answer that, but mm. I think it's just with where the country of the film was made and what they're considered acceptable. Yeah, you know, um, yeah, you know, just different type of filmmaking, right? I mean, JP, you touched on something that's totally true, though. It's just, it's just a different way of telling things you know they just don't maybe feel the need to it's kind of probably yeah exactly just to you know specifically point okay this is this is johnny this is andrea you know and this is uncle carl you know i think it's just a matter of like okay you should know (laughs) i'm showing you them you should just fucking know maybe that's just but when you're also when you're accustomed to that style it's a Mm -hmm. little bit of jarring when you go to a different yeah. style as well exactly and you know for you know and like i said you know multiple watches you'll you'll kind of get into you know at least at least you know this is how it is so going into these films later on you're like okay i'm gonna start looking for this and stuff and you know i watch italian films are my favorite to watch because like i'm, I'm just a big fan of the aesthetics in general I, I've, I've mentioned this many many times and um but you know i just like I said, you know, there was things about these films that it was driving me crazy at first too. And then once you watch a lot of them, it just mm-hmm. becomes natural. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like anything, right? It's just like anything. It's just something you got to become accustomed to. It's like it's like watching subtitled films in general. You know, some people just they stay away from them because they feel like they can't watch subtitled films because all they're doing is trying to read the words and they're missing everything that's going on, on the screen. You know, and Jeremy was probably taught in film school there is a certain way of watching subtitled films, right? You just pay fucking attention. <laughs> well, yeah, essentially you pay attention, but you know, it's, it, there's a, like a way of scanning the words. Like you just kind of, you read the whole thing. You have as to have well. proficient per, peripheral vision as well. Some people just yeah. don't. Well, these really subtitles have. were moving fucking fast. Even for I, me, I, I, I was like, I was honestly, trying to keep I, up. I don't notice. Yeah. I don't really, didn't really notice a lot, but, um, you know, I, I, I do want to get into one scene in this film. It's, it's my, like my favorite scene in the film. And it's, uh, it's where, um, you know, Aja, you know, she's, she's gaining she's kind of getting half resurrected now she's gaining more she's getting stronger mm-hmm. um because like her goal here is you know the, the more the descendants that they that she kills off uh, she gains the power and you know essentially if she kills her her descendant her lookalike descendant in you know in the present time she'll gain full resurrection you know and stuff like that but there's a scene in the film where she's laying on in her uh you know and i guess on top of her coffin i guess that's what it is like mm-hmm. in the in the cathedral or whatever and uh she she's talking to the doctor and the doctor's basically kind of hypnotized but he's like under a spell you know he's been kind of transformed into like this weird type of vampire like i said there's like so many different weird things that are happening in the film and she looks at him and she says you will you will be dead to man but you will be alive in death 
she says that to him, right? Because, you know, she wants him to, you know, kiss her so she can gain more. And yeah, I, yeah, I just, yeah. the way she says that, man, I'm like, that is the best fucking quote ever. <laughs> I love that shit right there. It's just creepy as shit, man. It's so good, man. It's just things like that. And one thing I love about Baba films is his settings that he uses. He always finds the most amazing castles and shit to shoot in like i love oh, this yeah, dude. i and love that shit <laughs> doors man it's secret doors and they always lead into the most amazing like underground oh, yeah just Especially awesome, the, all of them all of them have like secret fucking layers yeah, dude i just i i get so <laughs> even if it's not in a castle those. though even if it's like in a house there's like some door some yeah. bookcase that leads to some fucking imaginary room that yeah could you imagine be, like living in that castle like those that area where the secret door was it was behind where the fireplace was it's like a huge walk-in fireplace yeah. you know like he's walking behind the fire and then going down below and i'm like this is fucking crazy and then he's like down there it's like so crazy how it is man i, I, I think that um like i love the opening i guess it's not the opening scene it's like the next scene where they discover her you know body with the mask on and and how there's like that glass and the mm-hmm. cross like i, I just love that whole scene mm-hmm mm-hmm and that one dude's all freaked out trying to put the wagon wheel back on. Yeah, yeah just like, oh, you would think like, oh, she's she's frozen because of the cross. But then they fucking break the cross and they're like, oh, whatever. They just yeah. they fucking say I'm like, you fucking Hey, I'm idiot. telling you the mythology doesn't mean I believe in it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think this movie actually has one of the creepiest cemeteries I've ever seen in a film, too. It, it's so like out there and so raggedly like old looking and stuff that at first look, you don't even realize that it's actually a cemetery because like there's tombstones and there's trees and it's just the way it's yeah. set up. It's just so cool looking, man. It's like fucking awesome. It's like the best, you know, cemetery I've ever seen in a film. It's just awesome. But for me anyways, but you know, um, another thing I love about this film, man, is, uh, I find that there, there are scenes in the film where there's a, you know, it gets a little quiet, you know, and then you have the ambient wind and like the ambient sounds that they put into this oh, yeah. work charmingly they're just amazingly present they're not overpowering it it just adds into the atmosphere and it's just uh you know with the with the visual and you know that amazing atmosphere is created but the sound is awesome too that's another thing that i noticed in this film he really does work on you know having a really good uh you know sound design to the films and stuff so yeah and that's something that's a little lost in in today's film is like the ambient noises and, and sound design in general. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you have to have time that, like, anymore, man. On you know, an indie level anyway. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to shoot outside and you're going to have these really atmospheric scenes and cemeteries and stuff, why not have that little bit of fucking wind blowing and stuff? And it's just, it's creepy, man. You see a yeah. lot of it in older films. Cause I, this is what they did. But yeah, I think it's been kind of lost as, you know, filmmaking goes on. They just more things are concentrated a little more on like, showing tits and you know you know special effects and stuff but you don't need sometimes you don't it doesn't have to be the goriest film in the world to really fucking work you know like the opening scene in this film isn't necessarily gory it's just effective but you have some brutal which is like it's just brutal like i mean in 1960 how often did you ever see a woman getting you know placed up on a cross and like tortured and burned and branded and fucking smashed up and killed yeah plus i'm always just a big fan of that that story the the witch and the you know accused and the the put to death and at the stake like i love those ty- i wish there was more films like that honestly that, that mm-hmm. talked about that but you know good yeah. stuff man 
Yeah, it, it's really, and you know, and like I said before, this one is just always baffled me on how we could throw so many different types of, you know, almost subgenres of horror films into one and make it work so effectively. You know, he doesn't really concentrate so much on like the whole vampirism thing and the whole witch. Like he doesn't, you know, spend so much time with all these specific things. It's just all kind of there, you know, which is really interesting because it just works. You know, it, it, there's like scenes where, you know, there's biting on the neck and shit and you're just like, mm-hmm. fuck, so crazy. Like, you know, you think you're watching this resurrection witchcraft and then you got this vampirism happening and curses and fucking it's, it's really cool, man. Really cool. Possessing and love it. I don't know, man. I I, uh, I just get really giddy when I talk about this. I love this movie. I love this movie so much, man. It's so great. I was kind of hoping that you guys would sound a little more enthused about it, to be honest. But like I said, you know, it's you know first time watches for both of you guys. I have to watch it again. I really do. Like I was thinking back and I was like 12 out of these or uh, 10 out of these 12 films, like I will rewatch and I bet you I see them in a different way. Um, maybe not Ar- Argento's uh, – bird in the crystal plumage but i'll rewatch that one just for the fun of it the only two that i probably won't rewatch anytime soon is the other two argenta films but the gates of hell yeah. trilogy and the suave films and these baba films like i i want to own them all and revisit them and mm-hmm. pre- preferably in hd especially cemetery man come on yeah good luck with uh, that <laughs> yeah i'd love to get one of those import blu-rays the cemetery man right I, you know it's fucked up that we don't actually like no one's been working on putting that out here i hear there's one. rights issues yeah there probably is man but what else is new right yeah exactly all right so ratings we'll start with jeremy on this one what do you give this one this is a really like it's a really really it's an interesting film and it's an interesting narrative with some really really awesome atmosphere you know that's the first thing i said i actually said the first word this review so fuck you guys but uh there's definitely some really interesting atmosphere and really interesting effects so eight and a half out of ten on this one yeah nice. all right uh me personally uh, i agree with what jeremy said i i loved uh the opening you know scene i loved the uh just camera shots the look like i i seriously loved the way the black and white looked and i i actually str- like streamed this movie uh and it still looked great i don't know if it was the h i, I think it might, had to be like hd i guess like an hd yeah. stream but oh man i was so blown away with the way that it looked um the only issues that i have was i was getting a little confused and i don't feel like i got the whole gist of everything mm-hmm. uh, i'm gonna come in at about an eight out of ten on this one yeah, you know, that completely makes sense, though. I mean, it is, you know, it's just not one of those films that's like, you know, straightforward. You know, it's definitely easy to kind of get a little mixed up in the characters and things that are going on. And, you know, that does make sense. But, you know, like I said, multiple watches, you'll pick up yeah. on things and you'll probably understand things a lot more. Yeah. Uh, you know, I've stated many, many times, you know, I think I actually shocked people, too, when I, when I did my top 10 Mario Baba films and this was, you know, ranked as number one. You know, a lot of it has to do with, you know, the fact that it was the very first Baba film I've seen, like I said. Um, but, you know, I don't solely put it on that, though, too. I just I personally love this film. I think it's just amazing. I don't really think there's a lot wrong with this film at all. Um, it's just a really amazing first entry into like, you know, for Baba, this is the first full length film that he directed. You know, and just to do what he did is just it's truly amazing considering Italian horror films were, you know, they were, you know, they were in their infantry. They they just didn't really exist at this time. Right. 
Mm-hmm. So this is pretty, pretty kind of unique in its way in itself for that. Um, nineteen sixty, man, what a crazy year for films when you really Psycho. think about it. There's a lot of good horror films that came out in nineteen sixty. Pretty wild stuff. Um, but this one right here, it's uh, it's a perfect film for me. Ten out of ten. Oh, two ten out of tens. Yeah, love it. Yeah, Moons is it. on a ten out of ten kick, and I believe he said that he probably would be very high when we in the pre. Sh- pre-discussions of doing the italian Mm -hmm. horror month he's like well Well, like 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 i said i said this has been a very interesting week for me um watching you know angst and then these like you know you just watching this type of quality films in one week is like it's kind of cool man (laughs) you know i watched uh your vice is a locked room and i have the key or whatever nice which was also like in the nine range q q all right, so moving on into 1964, and I do believe, I'm pretty sure that this is Mario Bava's first color film that he directed. You know, this is four years after his debut, and he'd done shit, man. I don't know. This is probably like his seventh film. <laughs> it's crazy. Like he did a couple of like non, you know, like I think he did Hercules in between here. Like there's some other weird ones in here and stuff. So, and of course, so the girl knew too much. Um, 1964 is Blood and Black Lace. Now, the first thing I have to say, man, you know, for the people out there that are Bava fans and are looking to get a print of this, man, I can't stress enough. You have to go out and get the Arrow edition. Not only is the print one of the most stunning prints I've seen, you know, for a film like this, they just did it all the justice it needs. But the features on this alone are just amazing. Before we get into Blood and Black Lace, I watched one of the features on it called Yellow. Or it's a short film, Yellow, you know. I'm sure you guys have heard of this. It had a little bit of buzz a couple of years ago and it's like, uh, it's like a modern, um, like giallo yeah. film. It's about 30 minutes long or 26 minutes long. And, you know, just the short and long, it's set in the eighties and stuff. And it's just basically about this guy that's, you know, following this killer. It's, it's very simple, but man, dude, this, this short looks like a million dollars. It, a million dollars short it's crazy the cinematography like these huge overhead shots above buildings and like just beautifully done and there was times in it where it kind of reminded me like you know of drive like just that type of aesthetics and you know design to the uh, to the short and stuff and really really well done and some pretty good gore and just awesome stuff but you know it's worth it for that too so if you're not just interested in getting blood and black lace you know the features are fucking awesome on it so uh get, get that was- girl was uh, the Black Sabbath film in color? Black Sabbath? Yeah. No. Okay. So, yeah, this so, is probably his first color one then. Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Uh, yeah, because I, I want to think, like, I know the movie Hercules. I've never actually seen – I don't think I've actually ever seen the movie before, but I'm, I'm positive it's in. But then again, this could be his first color horror I, I don't know. I'm not 100% sure. It's <laughs> what a fucking I, beautiful movie, man. But anyways – for his first color horror film that we do know. Um, yeah, just pff, outstanding, right? What? Oh, fucking gorgeous. Let's give away so, his yeah. plot first. In 1964. Okay, basically, um, I don't know if I want to give that one right there. Mm, maybe we'll just do this one right here. Okay, we'll this. Italian thriller about a shadowy killer in black murdering fashion models through brutal methods. <laughs> so you went with the small one. <laughs> or we do. Isabella, a young model, is murdered by a mysterious masked figure at a boarding house run by Max Morlachetti and his lover, Countess Christina Camo. When Isabella's boyfriend is suspected of killing 
Her diary, which apparently has some incriminating evidence linking her to the killer, disappears. The masked killer begins killing off the models in and around the house to find the diary. Yeah, it's a little more accurate, you know. Yeah, yeah, man. So first of all, like Jeremy said eight times, it's beautiful. Uh, I agree. And Moods mentioned that this was uh, potentially Mario Bava's first color film. Uh, and I was like, well, he really was excited about that. Yeah. <laughs> because, mm-hmm. I mean, this guy... I just look at him like salivating, like, like, oh man, I can't wait to make a color film one day. I'm going to do this and this. I'm going to, you know, really show the colors. And he fucking did, man. He really oh, I did. I, I love the colors reds. in this film. The, the opening reds, sequence. The, pinks, the, the greens. Oh, the opening sequence with all those fucking mannequins with the red yeah, yeah. filter on them. Mm-hmm. Holy shit. It looks fucking amazing. Red is everywhere in this movie, and I still don't understand what it represents. But you think fucking Suspiria is fucking colorful? God, I think damn. I think red. I think red in the film is simply um, is just it's representing just uh, just the dead or, or death. It's death for women in this because um, there is you know if you watch this film closely, there's there's red in every single scene in the film that have women in the shots whether it be their lipstick or there's something in the background. And there is a bunch of scenes in this film where um, you'll see like the, the detectives talking, you know, in the daylight and it's just the men on screen and there's no red whatsoever. Mm -hmm. It's really kind of strange. Like I was looking for it um, and it's, you know, I'm, I'm assuming it was done intentionally, you know, because, you know, the red is obviously symbolizing, you know, death for the women. It's not good for the women. You know, they're the ones that are, you know, under the spotlight here. So, um, but yeah, like the red, man, the, all the colors in this film, some of the outside shots in this film are just amazing. I love them. I love them. Like when scene. she takes the car to the, to the, uh, that, uh, house. Yeah. Oh yeah. My God. Uh, yeah. The, the right, the left hand part of the screen has got that blue tinge color to it. And then on the yeah. right, it's got the flashing green and it's yeah, like, I love the flashing, like the flashing gives you such this cool atmosphere, like almost like a noir typey, like just, it, I love the streets, like the, the slick I love how stuff. He, the continuity of the flashing plays out through the whole fucking scene. I love that with, too. Yeah. Cause they're downstairs in the, in the basement and you like, dude, that really just sets like the greatest tone and atmosphere ever when you, like it reminds you of things. It reminds you that oh. where you are, and it just there's something about it's like it's really a next level type shit, man. I mean to mm-hmm. to continue that, and I was thinking that when I was watching it, where I was like, this is just something else, man. I know people say like this is good. This is more than good. It's just more mm-hmm. than yeah. good. There's so yeah. much more to it. You know, and, going back to you know Mario Bava and his framing, there that's a perfect shot right there of his perfect framing. You know, how the colors don't even, they're like perfectly separated. It's just like, holy shit, man. Like, but he has fucking brilliant fucking camera movements, too. Mm -hmm. Oh, dude. It's fucking awesome. Like, this is the one shot where it's fucking, I forgot whose character, but the camera's next to her, and then it fucking tracks around her through the back of her head, and then back around to to the other side of her face. It's fucking awesome shot. Yeah, dude. That's so amazing. There's actually a scene in this film, I don't know if you guys noticed, but. Uh, there's a, it's a shot of the empty studio and you can see like, there's one of the white mannequins, one of the white straw ones, or whatever it's, oh. it's in the front of the, of the shot. And you see like a red mannequin in the background. And, and like I said, the shot is empty. There's no people in it. And the oh. camera's panning forward and it actually hits the mannequin. It yeah, actually yeah, yeah, hits yeah. it. 
it's so crazy. Like, it's so fucked up how that happens, man. Yeah. And apparently love, it's done purposely. And it's just so wild that they did that, man. It's, it's really cool. But. I love the – even like early on, the scene where they find the diary and it's almost like Hitchcocky. They They mm-hmm. take the diary. They put it in the purse. The audience sees it on the table and then it's just yeah. shots of like all these people that are aware of it and you're yeah, wondering yeah. like what's – who's going to get it and like mm-hmm. it's just so smooth, man. And it's like – it's stuff that subconsciously like makes the the viewer feel a sense of suspense and tension. Mm-hmm. It's good stuff, man. That is like that's like next level. Th- th- that's what I'm talking about. Where I'm saying like that's what sets like good filmmakers apart from great filmmakers is the little yeah. stuff like that, dude. The way that they can like mold these scenes into just here's a camera. I'm gonna point it at what's happening. No, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna make it. I'm gonna make you feel something while it's happening. That's yeah. a good. That's a good analogy, but between him and Hitchcock, because mm-hmm. under the under the bomb, you know, bomb under the table, you don't know when it's gonna go off. The characters don't know it's there, but the audience does. That's that type of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Every filmmaker wants to try and achieve that sort of mm-hmm. level of suspense. And that's yeah. a good analogy. I didn't think about that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Um, <laughs> you know the. This film is like the quintessential, uh, like prototype for you know giallo films. I mean, of yeah. course, this one came after uh, Girl Knew Too Much, but you know this one right here. It's just you know it's everything about this film is just what giallo stand for. I mean, it's so sexually you know there's so much sexual you know uh, references and just things that are going on in the film constantly, right? Yeah, you know, and that and that's what giallos are. It's you know it's about sex and violence, you know, and this one showcases it perfectly. Like the scene where. Um, I believe, I don't know, I think it's Isabelle when she gets strangled. Anyway, she ends up on the ground and the, uh, the armored, the armor of, uh, you know, yeah. the fighter armor, whatever's yeah. like on top of her. And it's yeah. just, it's kind of Bava just kind of like poking at you going, you know, <laughs> like it's laying right on top of her, yeah. like in a sexual position and stuff like that. I thought that's a really clever scene, man. Really, yeah. really clever. You know, it just kind of adds to it. But, you know, obviously these movies are, you know, it's sex and violence, man. And it showcases in every fucking scene in this film. It's just so thick, man, you know, and uh, so. one of the things like when that armor falls is like loud as shit, too, by the way. <laughs> well, that, that's that's another thing that's really good about this film. I talked about the sound design in uh, uh, Black Sunday. Well, this the sound in this film is awesome, too, man. Oh, it's yeah. A really, really good sound design in it, too. It, it's it's kind of creepy at times. And you know what uh, else has good design? Mm-hmm. The killer. I like the way. Yeah, I like his mask. Like, like the what is it's just like pantyhose type shit yeah. or something. Pretty it it much, worked yeah. really well with the trench coat and the hat and and the you know just no. the sneakiness. I, I liked it. I was down with it right away. I was like, all right, I, I'm digging it, digging it. Yeah, man, like the Phantom Killer. Yeah, you know. Yeah, because it almost gives a sense of like, well, one faceless, right? That's the that's the kind of exactly. The point. Uh, yeah. It's how you hide. But also, it's almost like ghostly in a sense where it's like it's. It's because it's like this brighter white type color. It's not white, but it's it's like in that echelon of colors. It kind of just gives this like like you said, phantom. Well, it kind of gives you it gives you that impression too that you might not know if this is a male or a female. Either. That's what I was gonna say. You don't see, you can't see the 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 facial uh, facial I don't know structure features. features? Yeah, features. I guess that <laughs> yeah. well. So I think so, it, I think it you is know what? Though. Fuck you, JP. It's it's a good contract. It's a good thing to it's a good <laughs> thing to note though. Face. 
It's a good thing to note, though, because fuck yourself. You know, when you're watching the film, I mean, if when you're watching the film unravel, and you know, and you're trying to figure out who the killer is, also fucking asshole. You know, it could go either. It could be a male, and it could be it could be a female, right? Because you know, just the way the story is. I mean, there's you know, you have the madame that's running the studio. And who knows? Maybe she's in on it. Maybe she isn't. Maybe this guy is. Maybe he isn't. Right? Mm-hmm. I kind of like that man. I really oh, yeah, like that. For sure. There's they, there's they, definitely a lot of like they don't give you any, they don't the give you anything. Yeah. Once again, I have no idea what the fuck was going on. Really? <laughs> I, like this one was the easiest one for me. I was like, really? okay, was I it? know exactly. I still this think it was one, like hard to like dictate who the characters were. It, it is, and that's that's something that that, no, it, it, that you're so right easy. about that. This one's pretty easy, man. I don't know. I think this one's pretty. Don't, don't get me wrong. I understand more than the fucking church, but <laughs> stuff going on. That, here, that's like, the one thing I will agree on, Jeremy. Even though, like, I felt like I got this one way easier than the other two films, uh, and all all most of the films in in this month, the mm. the character thing is is very prevalent throughout all of the films like i feel like the characters themselves like the way they look is mm-hmm. it's hard to tell them apart like when there's a lot of them it, like mm-hmm. i don't know if they have enough like just certain things about them that are instantly recognizable to tell them apart or what but i i i did you know it wasn't as hard as like the other films but definitely it's no still- i don't yeah i don't really think this one's overly that hard i mean you just really just got to pay attention I mean, essentially yeah, but, but you can pay attention as much as you want it, the, these people look similar they're all like dancers and shit yeah i mean i guess that is maybe true. not so you've, much the you've females, probably seen I think, it a couple of times i think i just mm-hmm. have more issues with the guys and not so much the chicks mm-hmm. i yeah. think it's the mm-hmm. guys the guys too, they, they cast a lot of the same looking people like the same mm-hmm. looking style males and i think there's a purpose to that probably, yeah, probably. i mean <laughs> yeah I mean, Cameron Mitchell is like the main character in this film, which is really cool. I mean, you recognize Cameron Mitchell. I yeah, mean, he's, he's the been cop. Of... You know the cop. That's not yeah. Cameron Mitchell is. But like yeah. the suspects, like when they were in jail, like all, yeah. like all five of those guys. Like, I don't know who the fuck each person is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. What, what else do you guys have mm-hmm. on this? I mean, the, the one thing I love about this film is that. <laughs> you know, I don't know if you guys noticed it a whole lot, but there's a lot of finger pointing in this film. You know, like everybody. But the other I, one in the fucking Bay I of Blood, there's same thing, though. Yeah, but the, it's a little different, though, too, okay. right? Because it's designed like that. This one is interesting because it really does kind of like, okay, you know, you're the killer. You're the You know, it's like a lot of that back and forth and stuff. And it really does kind of keep you in suspense. You're like, the fuck is doing all this killing? Yeah, man? Like, no what idea. the hell is going on? <laughs> You know, it just it's just like holy shit, man. <laughs> you know, There's some the good kills in this film too. And I like it because they do change up all the kills too. Mm-hmm. You know, things are and again, you know, with the with the brutal violence, you know, like um everybody bitches with, about Argento. What about this fucking violent, guy? Yeah, just the violent deaths, man. Like I always found that the you know, the one death where the girl gets her head burnt on that uh yeah, yeah, on the bell. Yeah, yeah. That's just, the way it goes down, man, it's shot awesome too, man. I just like you just, can see the terror, man. It's just like nasty. You freaking <laughs> really jerk. Cool. Like you just want to be like, What a jerk? <laughs> yeah, man. But I, I do like man, and there's some really good scenes. Like there's there's a scene where um, you know, I won't give away the, the first part, but anyways, this body's being dragged around this corner 
And uh, coming back to the whole Mario Bava thing and, you know, his sexual kind of pokes and stuff. Well, when he's dragging the body across the ground, which I'll say is lit and shot beautifully. It's just, mm. it looks so beautiful. Um, her skirt comes like right up to her chest. Right? Yeah. And you can see like these old like 60s granny panties. <laughs> it's, I fucking love that. It's just like, again, you know, sex and violence, man. He's just, nah, there you go. There you go. Enjoy the panty yeah, shop. Yeah, but these films weren't about <laughs> the nudity. Exactly, but, but it was all the sexual... It was all sexualized. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. It was yeah. everything, uh, almost every... Like, there's tons of scenes with shit like that that's just going on. And, like, you have to kind of, like, think about it for a second. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, it's kind of sexual. Even though they're granny panties, but... Yeah, you but know, that was works. the style. They weren't wearing thongs. But he's doing it purposely, though, right? Yeah. Like, that's designed, right? So I think that's kind of cool, but... Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I really enjoy the kill. I think all the kills are, like, they're almost... You know, they're almost classy, if that makes any sense. You know what I mean? They're it's just art. Done. This is art. They, they're, they, they are. They're like really artsy yeah. kind of brutal killings. I, yeah. I, it's, you know, but like watching a film like this, you can totally see where Argento got a lot of his style yeah, from. That's why everybody say like, oh, Suspiria is such a beautiful movie. What about this fucking movie? Well, that's the thing. Like, I, I mean, think Suspiria people say that lighting. about this one too. But oh, yeah. Suspiria's lighting is, you know, generally just lifted right from this type of film. Yeah. Right. So I think I think out of all like if you want to say oh all out of all four of these directors this guy's an auteur it would have to be Baba out of all of them I mean Argento well, I you guess, didn't do the Fulci show as well do you think Fulci's an auteur what's that do you think Fulci is an an auteur I would what, say what so. what does auteur mean again that the director is the sole artist of the film. Like not the cinematographer or anything like that. Like Rob Zombie yeah. has that unique type of style. Like yeah, I, I yeah. Would, I would say that. I would. Say I mean, that. Fulci definitely has this fucking oh, style. Fulci. I mean, sure. and if you even knew, like if you've seen or watched interviews with Fulci, man, he was very, um, he was very demanding, and he was, you know, he was all set in his ways. Like, yeah, he's definitely the designer behind <laughs> that shit, man. Fulci, when you watch, you know, any of the films of the Gates of Hell, could arguably fit under that category okay well, so like it was like easily. fucking 19 i'll just give a brief history of on tour 1960 french new wave directors writing criticism they came up with this theory called the tour theory that the directors are the sole artists of the film and yeah. that's much. yeah and i mean i, I but it's I kind agree. of a, it's I mean, kind of a term that has died over the years i don't really think you see that many Auteurs left. Yeah, I, I think so. Rob Zombie was a good example of Same that. Same with though. Ty West. Ty I was West just going to say Ty West definitely has that yeah, feel to yeah, his films. Ty West too. But like, besides them too, there's like not that many auteurs left that you go, oh, I'm watching this type of film. I know the like Tarantino easily. Like you know when you're watching a Tarantino yeah, film, sure. but it's like oh, there's not mm-hmm. that many directors around anymore. That when you watch when you pop in their movie, you go oh. It's this director's movie because you know his style. It's not that many people left like that, which is unfortunate. Yeah, sure. yeah. It's unfortunate. Mm-hmm. You know, one thing about this movie that, you know, you guys have discussed with the, the characters and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, it, it is it is very much come to, you know, to my attention also that, you know, in the characters, you don't really get to know them a whole lot in this film. They're basically there by design to almost die and just, you know, take up space on the screen. And uh-huh. essentially a lot of times, like you don't get in depth with a lot of the, the female characters and even the male characters and stuff. But oddly enough, you you do kind of you kind of become almost one with them anyways. It's it's kind of strange. Like it's because they're not 
terrible characters. Is that what it is? Like, I always have this weird feeling when I'm watching this film. I'm like, man, I don't really know care. any of these characters. Not even really that. Like, care. I don't care about any of any characters in all three of these movies. I don't care. Yeah, and especially it, the next one. But this one, it's like, oh, I don't care if they die. Exactly, you but have it's, no, you have but, no but, emotional attachment to them, and I think that Bava does that on purpose because he doesn't want you to have emotional mm-hmm. connection to them because they're just going to die anyway. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I mean, don't, the, I don't thing, know. the thing is, I, I don't know, man. I, I think Who it is by design because movie, he's not though. really creating. He's not, you know, in this type of film. You know, you think there would be essentially, you know, without going into spoilers and stuff, but like there's there's no real heroine, there's no real final girl to this, or you know, mm-hmm. it's not set up like that. You know, these women are there for design. Essentially, I feel like there's a disconnect with older films in general. Like, I feel like a lot of older films I watch and I'm like, I don't really care for any of these characters. Mm. Uh, now, I, I've always been the type of person to say, like, I don't really need that in a film. I, I did well, care a, when mystery, she so they, when, you know, like, for example, when they stuck her face in the fire or whatever, like, like I cared. I was like, the death's mean. Yeah. I know that's what I'm trying to say. Oddly enough, you kind of feel for them when they're dying. You're just like, well, she's pretty damn innocent. She's not a terrible person. And she just got like fucking gnarled up. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, uh, you know, but again, they're, you know, there by design and it's, you know, just beautiful murder. See, my thing is like, would an audience at the time care for the characters? And I think the answer might be yes. Maybe. I think that answer might be yes. That's why I don't think it was designed where the, the intention was for you not to care about them. I feel mm-hmm. like people would because there's more of a social connection. It's not so much of a disconnect when, you, when you're watching these people who are all old and probably a lot of them are dead. So when you guys are watching this film, like, you know, the mystery to it, like, do you have any idea, like, how the reveal is going to go? Did you have any idea how it was going to go or uh, I, a little bit? I, a little bit. And honestly, that that coming into that that's probably one of my negatives of the film like i didn't feel mm-hmm. like it was as believable as i would have hoped for or as yeah. i was just kind of wanting something else maybe i don't know i i yeah. did feel like it it lent itself to some plot holes when when it comes about and the whole reveal is done you're like oh yeah okay yeah i don't know so much yeah, maybe minor plot holes and stuff, but I think this this, this movie is really unique because once you've watched a lot of Giallo films and stuff, like the way it happens, like there's a scene in the film where you know it's not really giving the spoilers away, but there's a scene where um, the police officer he goes, you know, he kind of laughs about it and he goes, "Well, I totally just gave him all an alibi." Yeah, mm-hmm. right. And it's like a total poke, and it's like that's crazy. Like you never see that in Giallos, and and. It's, being such an early one too it's kind of a strange thing and you know it's it's really interesting because if you like i said if you watch a lot of giallo films you know generally the you know inspectors and you know there's always like you know there always is that type of finale to the film uh-huh. without giving anything away this one is done a lot different you know the i mean is the crime solved is it not i don't know you guys will have to see it but you know what i'm saying it's just done a lot different this one separates itself because it is a lot different and I will agree, you know, the, every time I watch the film, I don't think the, you know, the reveal is the strongest by any means, mm-hmm. but you know, it's still, it's still fine enough for me. Like I don't really, it doesn't really take a whole lot away from the film to me, to be honest, because of the difference of how this film ends up, you yeah. just don't see it a lot. It's very unique in that yeah. style. But so. my, my thing was it actually does affect my rating directly the ending Mm -hmm. that's the number one the only real issue that i had with the film was i did not i just didn't it didn't i didn't really buy it 
Because when that certain person falls off the balcony, I was like, oh, I know what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. do you guys well, ready I mean, to get... That, I mean, that's a, that's a little bit easy to figure out and stuff. But like I said, though, if you if you've watched like, you know, 30 or 40 giallos and you, you come back and see this one, you're like, man, this movie really does stick out because it, they never go down like this, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's really fucking unique, man. It really is. Even yeah. though the reveal isn't the strongest, like, you know, like I said, you know, you'd be like, Holy f- that is weird. That no, is so I agree different. that it was like yeah. the way that it happens is is mm-hmm. definitely unique. And I did like that about it. I just mm-hmm. that, like then you know the way that it's revealed i like the actual then what you get out of it like what the like you know when you look back and you're like oh so all this was you know you start putting faces to things that happened previously in the film mm-hmm. that's where i kind of was like you know didn't love it you know one thing about the the movie that always kind of surprised me is you know i always expect this movie to be a lot more bloody for some reason it's, it's you know it's blood and black lace <laughs> Well, I, that's probably part of it too. But you know, just being a giallo, like you just got to think about when it was made. Though 1964 films still weren't that bloody yet. Yeah, I mean, I guess, but you know, it, compared, just, it would have been a fucking perfect film. Compared just to 1971, like okay, yeah, I guess even in 1971, films weren't that gory yet. But and Bob well, pushed the boundaries. Well, he's got his moments but, in that film. Yeah, he definitely has his moments. The fucking <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it's um, like oh, I could see, I could see that argument. I guess though. You know, I mean, but, you know, just with that saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. this movie, the opportunity presents itself so um, it's just so obvious that, you know, if you had a ton of blood, it'd just be, you know, that just perfect because the color scheme in this film would just it would fit so perfect. Right. Just have a shitload of blood. But, you know, it again, you know, the effects yeah, are but pretty then again, at this well. time they were using that like extraly red blood. But it, that's Italian, though. They did that always. Yeah. Eh, but even, even later on, even our gentle films, you have that bright red blood that's just their style i think yeah i don't really like it yeah yeah it's not really my favorite type it's not in all italian films by the way there, there is normal looking blood in some films yeah. trust me. there really is it, yeah you I, know, i'm I, not saying like everything but like well you, I think kinda, like the, you said that okay well i guess like I'm the OG guys you. i'm fucking with you dude um but that's like hammer too like mm-hmm. hammer used a lot of that type of blood it's, i never yeah. it, even american films a lot of american films had that fake it was of the time yeah, I think no, it's just, it, oh, definitely, it definitely was. Um, you know, one thing that I find interesting about this film is, you know, just the whole aesthetic and the whole ma- the art design of this film is solely because of, you know, the times, though, too, right? I mean, this movie was, you know, shot in, you know, 1964. It came out in 1964, you know, right in the middle of the 60s. And, you know, it just it's just it's kind of a product of its time you know because you know the whole psychedelic 60s that were happening and stuff like that yeah i think mario baba just really kind of took that to an extreme though too he's just like hey we're gonna get real vibrant with this one yeah like (laughs) that's what that's exactly i just picture him like just running with the idea you know like this color scheme and stuff like i'm i I love that um you want to get into ratings uh sure sure who's going first this time not me i'll go first uh, I really, really, really like this film. Like the yeah, only cool. thing that I had problem with was like maybe some. It's I don't want to spoil stuff, but the ending. I'll just say the ending. Mm-hmm. Um, besides that, though, man, I really think that it's a great movie. Uh, Moods did mention like the characters weren't that likable, I guess, or you didn't really care for them that much. And I I didn't really think of that when I watched it, but no, after it's not that they're not likable. I, I think it's just that you don't you don't get it, you know, totally engulfed in them personally. 
you know, but like I said, it's not really that much of a negative. It's just you don't get to know them. But it's also by design, though, too, right? Because it's well, a mystery that we're following. Yeah. You well, what, so what I was too. saying was I didn't really notice it or care about it until you brought it up. And then after you did, I kind of was like, yeah, I guess that's a little bit of a negative. as, as well. <laughs> <laughs> So because so, I started really thinking about it. And I was like, yeah, you know what? Now that I think about it, I didn't really give a fuck about any of these people. Um, so <laughs> my rating, though, I'm going to come in with a strong nine out of ten. Uh, I really do like this film a lot. It's definitely one I'll revisit, especially when that Arrow US version drops. I'll for sure grab that. Well, the thing is, man, you can order this from UK. It's an AB release. I know. It's the same. It's the same release that's coming out here. Yeah, right? but I was just waiting so, on the one that's cheaper. Well, I got this one for seven bucks for seven pounds. So. <laughs> Gotta get those fucking Arrow sales up, man. They happen. They happen. Yeah, there's one going Black on Friday right Friday. now. Is there, is there actually a Black Friday? Yeah, yeah. fuck. Uh, I'm just still butthurt about the Severn films thing. Anyway, sorry, Jeremy. Uh, let's see. You have your horror right here for you. All you got to do yeah. is send me some money. The horror. Horror. <laughs> oh, ho, 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 ho. Oh, ho, ho, ho. Jeremy's oh. training to be a cam girl. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah. My flashlight and my... Oh. God, I, I said a cam girl. Oh. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> right, what's uh, your rating, dude? Well, uh, I don't know. Now you're a fucking asshole. What well, did you already know with that? <laughs> yeah, yeah nine. nine out of ten. So you just copied. That's me. it. That's it. Just the, just yeah, the you nine. Say anything else? You just I ever say anything else? <laughs> what are you here for? Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, he verbally you know, abused. Again, th- I mean, this might even be a fucking world record. But like, you know, one thing. One thing. Don't I'm, tell me you're giving give it, it a ten. ten. <laughs> one thing. One thing that I fucking love. How is this a perfect film? How Bava. Well, I didn't. You know, just because a film is yeah, doesn't I don't, mean it's necessarily I, a perfect. I have not, any of my. Te- I've only gave one ten where I was like, "This is a perfect film." Yeah, and I mean, it's pretty. I mean, fuck. I mean, okay, I'm not going to get into the Back to the Future thing, but anyways, um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, um, but we have discussed this. You know, there is tens, and it doesn't necessarily have to be like perfect, perfect. It's just it's based on well, what you talk about, <laughs> really. Yeah. You know what what it all comes down to, but. I just love the, you know, the symbolism in this film. I mean, it's it's all speculation, you know, with the red and stuff, and it's just, you know, how this movie is. It's all motivated by murder, you know, and it's just it showcases in every fucking scene and never lets you forget that this movie is about, you know, its violent deaths. And I just love that whole aspect of it. I don't know if it's exactly what he's going for. I mean, it's just my interpretation, but I think it just works on so many different levels, you know, visually and you know, aesthetically, and you know. I, just everything about the film 10 out of 10 that's all i'm saying 10 out okay of 10. so with a 9 a 9 and a 10 9 from jeremy 9 from me and a 10 from moods that is once again another hall of famers so moods did say that if i have anything my way we'll have a few hall of famers doing these uh reviews and uh, i actually <laughs> thought that this one was not gonna make it though yeah, I did I too. Thought, I thought sure did someone too. was going to come in at eight and a half and be like, well, the ending was kind of like, you know, that's, but that's what oh, I Oh, man, it's a fucking beautiful movie. Yeah. And yeah, you I know what? give it a rating just on that. Yeah. Oh, it's so it's amazing. It I, really is. I, I think there's a very strong case for a 10 in, on this film. Like Moon said, <laughs> I, I said, that doesn't necessarily mean it's a perfect film. We've I, I've never really considered 10s perfect. But if you give Bay of Blood a 10, we might have an issue here. So if you want to go ahead and let's start with that review now. Bay of Blood. Yeah. You didn't say the newest Hall of Famer. Oh, yeah. So it does qualify for the Hall of Fame. The newest with a edition. total rating of what? With a total rated rating of 28. 
okay. out of 30. Okay. Jeremy, what is the film that is now in the Hall of Fame from 1964? Oh, fuck. I'm going to fuck it up like I have. What did I call it last week? Like Black and Blue Lace or He's something? He's looking it up right now. Stop Black looking it up. <laughs> What's it called, Jeremy? Black and Blood Lace. Oh, my God. This is so bad. Blood and Black Lace. Blood and Black Lace. Yeah, you got it right. Black and Blue Lace. Baby, baby. <laughs> All right, so it's always the Jews' fault. So right. black and blood lace is now in. The fucking you knew it. Fame. You knew it was coming because you know I'm fucking dyslexic. See, I'm dyslexic. Dyslexic. Yes. Hell yeah. And yet you should talk so much shit when I spell your the other way. <laughs> That's different. Grammar's different. I spell it different. Right. Yeah, spell you spell everything, everything right. right and can't. You spell everything right and don't even know what it means. You don't. Oh, this is coming from the asshole who fucking bust my balls in horror, horror trivia night for saying one fucking for thing cheating. I wasn't yeah. cheating. <laughs> I did bust you your balls for Edgar cheating. Allan Poe, one of the most famous writers, Elgar. Yeah, that is wrong. But it was you said Elgar. That's not a right answer, dude. Oh, Who the hell is you. Elgar? Fuck you. Like, is that even a real name? Does no, anybody that's Elgar what even makes Elgar. it more ridiculous. <laughs> He's just making shit up, man. You know that famous writer Elgar. All right, that's good. <laughs> Let's get on with it. Okay. All right. So moving along into 1971, and an official entry into the. Uh, Top 50 most influential films of the last 50 years. And, of course, Derek had phoned in and mentioned that he, you know, this was his pick. So, so it goes out to you, Derek. A Bay of Blood from 1971, also known as uh, Death of the uh, – fuck, oh, like, fuck you. You Twitch a motherfucker. Twitch of the Death Nerve. Fuck Sorry. you. I was, fuck but he you. caught himself. You know. It doesn't matter. Fuck I, you. I said death. I said death fuck because you. I'm looking at the word death. You know, sometimes when you're talking and you're Call looking at – fucking retarded. Fuck you. Twitch of the Death Nerve, fucking Bloodbath. Oh my god, this movie has so many different titles. It's ridiculous. Oh, it's fucking retarded. Yeah, so Twitch of the Death Nerve, Bloodbath, A Bay of Blood as we know it, and as we're reviewing it as from 1971. And uh, like I've always said, you know, this movie, in my opinion, is, you know, the first bona fide, you know, slasher film. I mean, this movie just has, it's the yeah. prototype for everything that we see <laughs> later on. This was released as Last House on the Left Part 2 at one time. What the fuck? Really? In the U.S. The that's USA so, that, reissue that just, title. That just makes no sense. Well, eh. I get whatever. Okay. Little oh, there's a, a little bit of water. There's <laughs> a little bit of water here. Okay. All right. There's an elderly. Okay. So <laughs> the the storyline here, the, the short and long of it. The, an elderly Harris is killed by her husband who wants control of her fortunes. What ensues an all-out murder spree as relatives and friends attempt to reduce the inheritance playing field, complicated by some teenagers who decide to camp out in a dilapidated building on the estate. So, yes. First act, main cast, bloodbath. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> wait, wait. And it's also known as New House on the Left. My God. I know this. <laughs> I, this I think this movie might even have the world record for the most you know, alternate names. Uh, yeah, because it's like, oh, uh, in the United States, it was originally released as Carnage, then retitled Twitch of the Death Nerve. It's Carnage. also no yeah, 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 Carnage. Yeah, it's also known as simply Bay of Blood, Last House on the Left Part Two, or Last House Part Two, and New House on the Left. And it has the mm -hmm. title of Ecology of a Crime, as well. The Internet Movie Database also listed lists Blath Blood Bay of Blood and Blat and Bloodbath <laughs> Bay of Death. Yeah. 
and uh, it was released in in Italy at one time as Chain Reaction. <laughs> My God! And the like, odor of flesh, and thus do we love to be evil before the fact. The ecology of crime. So basically, what what we're saying reaction. here. So what we're saying here is, if you have any of these titles in your collection, this is the movie that we're talking about. <laughs> Yep. Okay. So, a Bay of Blood. Guys' thoughts on this one. Now, I mean, can you guys, after seeing the film, can you disagree no. that this is like the quintessential prototype yeah, for that fucking this movie is first person and mirror it, shots and fucking everything? But it's just like the whole setup, even with the teens, you know, going oh, to yeah. a random place and getting picked off. And then, you know, I mean, there's a lot of, you know, things that are happening in this film that are just portrayed later, you know, come 1978, yeah. 1980. The, those films saw this film. Come on, they had to have. Yeah, but just because it's influential doesn't mean it's good. Okay, well, no, so I'm one saying, of I'm the saying, <laughs> I'm saying this is you know no 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 I'm not prototype just, for what we yeah, have. Yeah like, yeah yeah, but it, I'm just no, saying. it definitely is. It's definitely a for sure prototype That's slasher. Can, it's right up yeah. there with Black Christmas and yeah. uh, you know the other '70s ones that we bring up all the time. I mean, as we've noted, I mean the kills in this film are just completely duplicated too yeah it's it's almost like if you would take all these puzzle pieces and sort of rearrange them a little bit differently it would be like a regular slasher film but it's just slightly different yeah it's a little different based yeah exactly like i talked to like some of my professors who were like (laughs) that familiar with the horror genre and they'd be like yeah did you see that ripoff film of friday the 13th part two i was like you mean the film that ripped off Friday the Thirteenth part two you mean the film that friday the 13th yeah 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 ripped off you mean yeah 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 yeah. (laughs) yeah I know, right? <laughs> yeah, Crazy. no, uh, yeah, I mean, definitely so, very... You know, th- this movie right here, I've always... It's funny, man, because if you've watched a lot of Mario Bava films, this movie right here, to me, feels like one of his most rushed movies. It just feels, to me, like, like everything wasn't choreographed and, you know, framed, like, how he wanted to, and he just kind of, like, just kind of did his thing with this one. You know, and I think maybe it's based on you know, the storyline for this one, he was just subject trying something really different subject matter and stuff. Like he just couldn't do it as, you know, as slow. And this one just has a different pace to the film, that, which allows it to kind of, it like kind of rush. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And it kind of, and it kind of comes out of Baba's elements and, you know, which again, this one, you know, is like purely pretty much outside and stuff. And, you know, it's just in a different kind of setting and stuff, but it, I find he just kind of drops out of his elements a little bit here and just kind of let shit fly, <laughs> you know, quite literally, you know, but, um, I don't know. This movie, I just, every time I watch it, I just, I have so much fun with it because this has got to be one of the weirdest structured storylines that I think, you know, a lot of people when they watch this film do not get at all. Because the the thing that really is interesting about this film is it starts out with the opening scene where, you know, the, the lady is killed and then, and then Buddy goes in and then he dies, blah, blah, blah. It, It starts out like a fucking giallo film. Yeah. It really does. Like a straight up giallo. You're like, holy shit. Like, who just fucking took out this guy? And you're like, holy shit. And then it just changes. It changes directions completely. You're like a summer camp slasher. <laughs> it does it, man. It's like set on a base. So it's on the ocean. And it's quite clearly is because like yeah. they're, you know, fishing for, you know, octopus and, you know, shit like yeah, that. What's up with that squid? squid? That was squid, I mean. Baller. Yeah. And, you know, shit like that. But then, of course, you know, and then you and then right away you're going, what the hell's going on? OK, this opening scene happens. And then all of a sudden uh, inject some teenagers you know <laughs> and what are they doing there did they say th- 
No, no they, they literally just went there to go and hang out and swim and stuff What's like that. And then they just as break babies. into a house. <laughs> it, yeah, it, you know, just be shitty teenagers and do shady shit, right? So they show up, and of course it gets sleazy. You know, you know, the girl gets naked and get muff shot and everything. Really, I didn't and, think that girl who went swimming had much of a muff. Yeah, well, because she was red haired, so I think it was kind of. Yeah, I didn't see much colored. of a muff. Yeah. I was looking for it. Isn't that strange though? Nineteen seventy one, you were expecting like a huge. Yeah, I was bush, looking like, for yeah. it. I was like, "Where's?" I know it's muff? kind of strange. But anyways, the point is, like, it just kind of gets sleazy right away, and I'm just like, "Oh, here's again the prototype for slash films. <laughs> here's a setup: teens get naked, doing stupid things, and essentially all these teenagers get fucking picked off, and then the whole movie changes kind of directions and tone again, and then gets like crazy. You have you know, inject all these different type of characters, which you find out that are like family members that are going after this yeah. inheritance. And then shit just goes bananas. Yeah. It's just like the whole like, movie changes again. And it's, it's like, like a family feud. Film. Yeah, that's it really is. <laughs> family feud is a good way of, of wrapping up the whole story. Well, we just it's, came up with the 99th title. Yeah, <laughs> <feud>. <laughs> and that's essentially what this one is. Thank you. Thank of, you. It's kind of interesting because, you know, it's just a bunch of people doing a lot of bad shit because (laughs) that's exactly what this whole movie is about. One word. It's about greed. This movie is about greed. So. Like I said, it's not a good movie, but it's definitely a. Or ratings? (laughs) No, the whole movie, you guys agree? It's about greed. It's a greedy film. That's what it's essentially being. Yeah, I mean, these guys are supposed to be family members, and they're not really acting like family because do you kill your family members off sometimes? In 1971, yeah. I know. So, like, you know, it's 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 got like this kind of underline of just you know, it's it's about greed, but uh, created like this prototype for the whole. What about sh- the effects? I genre. think that's probably the most interesting reason to check this one out is for that like prototype slasher thing that you're seeing like like it's a fun movie i'm not gonna lie like i had fun with it it's just like so fucking chaotic man like mm-hmm. you said you know the first the first act you out you're introduced to those teenagers and you feel like okay it's gonna go into the slasher's territory or it's gonna create the slasher territory where we're like you know introduced to these characters i'm sure that there's only four or five so i'm sure more have to come um but no i guess not and then they all die and you're like well okay and, yeah, I know. You know, it's the fir- it's in the first act, the whole cast is dead. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it's yeah. not done like like how other films have done it, where it's like a, like creative or anything. It's just messy in this one. See, I always I always kind of compared this movie to like, <laughs> I know. Okay, before you guys get all well, but I always thought of this movie as comparative to Psycho in the fact that like you introduce bah. all these characters. You know, you introduce all these characters and they fucking die in the first third of the film, like the main character in Psycho. Yeah. You know, it's kind of weird. And then it, and then the whole Psycho movie changes directions and it kind of goes in this way. And then, you know, you get Psycho. Yeah. But it's kind of weird in this one. Like, it does the same thing, essentially. It introduces these characters, which you think are going to be, like, your main characters and probably to the end at one point. Mm-hmm. Well, they get fucking killed off in the first 33 minutes of the movie. Yeah. And then you're like, what the hell? And then the whole movie switches gears. So the comparative, the you know, the contrast is, you know. They're just the kind of similar though? setup. Effects, effects are great. Are, yeah, the effects, effects are, are good, man. Like I guess that fucking axe to the head. I'm like, or machete or whatever the fuck. I love that. Dude, like, that's awesome. I love that. that scene because when he's laying on the ground, he's still like alive, and he's like, oh, <laughs> and like it's like in his fucking head. And it's like, What's up? It's yeah. like so awesome. <laughs> I love the one with the chick, and the thing that oh, wraps around her throat. Thanks, JP. Like, that, that that helps so much. That, the that chick. Well, I, you know, there's a whole me, bunch of fucking chicks. Well, if you would not be an idiot and let me like continue yeah, with well, my sentence, you. I yeah, would mm-hmm, explain yeah. what chick. You fucking retard. Yes, you are. 
Um, you know, the, the redheaded chick who gets the thing. I don't know what that weapon would be called. It's like a knife that's curved. But that thing is that's gnarly. That would hurt a little bit around the neck. Yeah, I know. That thing is that that's a that's a great kill, man. Again, yeah. shot really well too. And that's You know, and that's one thing that Baba does well in the film is, you know, he really does shoot the death scenes brutal, man. It, it, it they're they're effective, man. All the kills, oh. especially that one. That's actually probably one of my favorite kills in the movie is, you know. It's my favorite. In in the woods and it's just it's like brutal, man. Mm-hmm. It's just nasty violence and just I awesome love shit. violence so much. Yeah, man. See, that's the thing. You know, you watch this movie and you you got to go out and kill. No, I'm, I'm not saying go out and kill. Fuck, I don't want to get, like, flagged or something. <laughs> I don't know. I have to say The Last Kill is my favorite, though. Yeah. It's pretty yeah, I mean, awesome. yeah, I mean, there's, there's some good ones, man. I mean, the body count in the movie is pretty high. Yeah, it's like, it's like 13. And, I mean, that's essentially what Bava was doing here, um, was trying to make a body count film, essentially. I, I think that's what he was trying to do. You know, he's just like, let's see what we can do here and you know, put 13 deaths on screen. I like that though. You know, one thing about this movie I really do enjoy is the very kind of chaotic, um, oddly not presented, but oddly kind of showcase soundtrack in the movie. It's like this really kind of upbeat jazzy, like late sixties, early seventies out of genre music. You guys notice the soundtrack in this is fucking strange. Mm -hmm. It's like a weird soundtrack. I don't know what it is. If it's like it's more sixties or early seventies, but it's like this kind of like chaotic jazz thumping music it's fucking weird man i don't know i've always noticed the music in this one to be strange yeah i like but it I, I do like it though it's it's cool it's different so yeah but yeah let's talk about the ending the spear uh <laughs> every time it's i see that awesome. every time every time, every time i see that i'm just like yeah how did they not know yeah you know because there was claims that oh, i've never seen bay of blood before mm. oh no i watched this other movie it was called fucking family feud <laughs> 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 yeah right fuck uh but i don't know i think what bava you know set out to do here was you know just make a body count film and i think he succeeded on all levels i think it works you know you know as as chaotic as the uh the storyline is in the film it's oddly entertaining because you're like what the fuck is going on here man <laughs> and then it leads into the ending which is like baller funny yeah in my uh-huh. It's it's actually it's fucking like, hilarious. I I was dying. It's funny. It actually is funny because just the look, man. I just I fucking laugh every time, man. It's just, just but like that that funny man. That POV shot of the fucking shotgun out the window. I was just fucking <laughs> pissing my pants laughing. It's so funny. I know, right? It's just like it's, it's so out of left field too. It's like it what? is, and I'm wondering why they came up with that idea, like. <laughs> Everyone's like, well, this is, you know, Bob well, I like, think this it's is a good like, idea. That's how we're going to end this film. And then he's like, fuck you. No, yeah, I just think it's like, oh, just a middle finger. Like, oh, you were, you were planning the film to end like this. Well, fuck you. We're going to end it this way. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. That's how I read it. I just felt like maybe it was just like, let's just do something weird. You know, I don't know, man. It, it, I, I would really, really curious to even know, like, if he's ever talked about that. I don't know. You know, yeah. I mean, there's not... There's not really a whole lot of features going into, you know, that part of, you know, the filmmaking and stuff. So when did you know, Baba like die? He had to die a long 19, time ago, right? 1980. Yeah. Baba so died there was no was... type of like interview features that were really uh, yeah. being done at the time. So I doubt he talked about it too much. Yeah, probably not. But yeah, it, it is pretty interesting. I mean, maybe it's just because 
the film itself is all wonky. It's chaotic. It's strange. It's just structured very oddly. Mm-hmm. You know, he's like, why not just kind of finish it off with a, you know, with a chaotic kind of maybe. It's fitting. 20, if you look at it that way, later. it's definitely fitting where it's like, it's the mess to begin with. Why not have like a oddball ending? Like, I think that actually adds to like the status and history of where yeah. this film belongs in, in history. You know, another weird thing about this film though, is uh, you know, Bob and his reds, man. Like, you know, the, obviously like this one isn't shot as beautiful, but it does have a lot of really kind of great moving cinematic shots and stuff in this film. He does do a good job with the cinematography. It's just not as great as, you know, you know, blood black lace because you know, this one's set at daytime. You what know, was his last movie? The, yeah. His shock. Shock. Shock, which was actually finished by Lamberto Bava's son. Is that any good? He got sick. Shock is good. Yeah, it's a good film. Um, and um, but yeah, you know, like the cinematography in the film actually is pretty decent at times. But you know, there there's moments in this film where he just he has reds in the scene in scenes again. Like everyone has a red phone in his movies. Like you have to have a red phone. Well, yeah, especially the fucking last movie. You know that? You notice that? Oh, like, yeah. The last it, movie, it was all over. They, oh, yeah, yeah. Well, everything's red. Of course, every, and it kind of makes you laugh, though, too. It's like, didn't anybody buy a different color phone back in those days? Like, everybody has a red phone. Yeah. But it carries over into this one, too, and there's, like, red phones, and then, you know, someone will answer a phone, and then they'll get fucking, they get dead. They, they get, get dead. dead. <laughs> they get that, dead. And that, I'm just like, man, again, with the red, bloodshed. You know, red is the color, and it signifies blood, death. And he's just like rolling with that, man. He's like, you know, I used it in Blood and Black Lace. I'm going to continue this. And, you know, if you answer a phone that's red, you going to get dead. So Lamberto still making movies? Lamberto? Yeah. Yeah, He's still doing things. Yeah. I haven't heard, like, seen anybody show any of his new movies. So, yeah. 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 The most recent one I've seen was Ghost Sun. It was done in 2006. Mm. I know he's done stuff after that. It's probably just not available over here. But, yeah. They seem to get into a lot of TV stuff. Yeah, they do. A lot of the – I think um, I've heard many times that TV is like really big in, in Italy as is it is like here. Yeah. I mean I, I the whole Bravado Giallo series, I actually reviewed all four of those films that Lamberto Bava did for that series. It was like a four-movie series and uh, on my theme week that I did. And, you know, so he was going right back to like the 80s and stuff with his TV and just kind of – yeah, I guess it's just a big thing over there, right? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Continued along throughout his whole career, so why not stick with it? But, you know, it's essentially what, uh, you know, Sauvier did too. Suave. 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 We're never going to be able to say his name. No, I always like, want to say Sauvier. <laughs> I, I actually knew a guy I always with, say that, with that last name. Yeah, with that last name, and it was pronounced Sauvier. So it's weird. But so uh, it is. It is, man. Ratings, dog. Once. Okay. One more yeah, I was just going to mention just the close-ups of you know. I think we might have mentioned the close-ups of his uh, of his kills and stuff. He's just, yeah. Yeah, I, I love that man. It's really good, man. Oh, I gotta say, man, one one thing in this film that always makes me gag, man, is the fucking body in the boat. I was gonna oh, mention yeah. that earlier, but we got sidetracked. Fuck, <laughs> man! Every time I see that scene, it's just like it just makes me Love. gag because this thing is alive and it's actually like sucking on that body. I'm like, oh fuck! <laughs> makes yep. me gag. It's gross. Um, but yeah, ratings. You go first this time. All right. So, you know, as much as this movie's, you know, obviously very, very influential, as we can see on screen, you know, there's scenes that have been fucking basically ripped out of the film and put into their own. Um, you know, I mean, it's just not Mario Bava's, uh, you know, crowning victory right here. Uh, but it is a very 
it's a very staple film and it, it 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 did a lot for horror films you know especially at the time like this one's pretty fucking gory for the time oh yeah and you know it's surprisingly gory too and it's shot pretty intensely at times and things like that but you know the storyline is beyond chaotic and it's almost and it, and, it, and it comes to the most laughable conclusion that you could possibly you know it's 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 laughable in a fun way and you know it's not like great or anything but it's it's just hard to explain it's something you got to see um but i think this movie is good for what it is i don't think it's a masterpiece by any means i think there is a lot of problems with it too um and and things like that and uh but i give this one a nine out of ten so. Okay. Um, gonna get I'll go next. Uh, you know, I think that the probably the most thing of note is the year that it came out, 1971. Goddamn wire. Uh, and you know, Buzzing. you think of you know films where like that were like this were coming out in 1981, and this is 10 years before that. So it is interesting to think of it that way. I mean, shit, this was even three years before Texas Chainsaw. Um. Still though, man, I just I just don't know if I'm I'm willing to say that it's a good movie. I, I just don't know, and I I find it an entertaining movie. I had fun with it. I think it's definitely entertaining if you like this stuff, which I do. I just don't think it's good, but I'm still gonna factor in some entertainment value and personal like, and I give it a six point five out of ten. Shit. Wow, wow, really? That's low. Okay, I was I wasn't expecting you to go to that low. I was okay. Yeah, I agree with a lot of JP. You heard me say a lot during the review that it is okay movie. The storyline's fucking confusing. I had no idea who the hell any of these characters were besides the teenagers. But uh, and I guess the guy who liked to play with his Beatles, which he was fucking weird. But um, I could give it a seven and a half out of ten on this one. Yeah, the Beatles, Ugh, bugs, and wow! Look at Jeremy so coming what? in higher than JP. That did not re- reflect what you were saying about the movie. <laughs> you're like, I'm gonna get roasted on this one, and then yeah, well, compared like, oh. to nine to fucking seven and a half, Six I'm and even half. surprised you came that high. To be honest, oh. yeah, I was a little shocked actually. But actually, both ratings shocked me because I was expecting JP to go a little higher and Jeremy to be, well, you know, styly. <laughs> Stylistic, the lowest, you know, it's, it's, it's his style. Not know. this time, bitch. But yeah, alrighty. So, I mean, I, you know, coming back to being roasted on ratings, I think what Lawrence was trying to say in the in the first half, I couldn't quite make it out. But he did say he was saying nine nine. Maybe he was probably, um, you know, referring to the church, maybe or no, I didn't give the church. I think they, I gave the church an eight and a half. I think he was referring to stage fright because he might have uh, said that's stage and cut out. He's probably was, referring yeah. to my rating being nine, which, it, it, you know, it's kind of interesting because, you know, most people seem to agree. I mean, Jeremy was like, what the fuck? Man? Yeah, but I love that movie. But stage, you know, it's, it, this. it's not for everybody. But uh, but yeah, I think that's essentially what he was trying to say. I mean, it was really cutting out bad and I was just kind of trying to put the pieces together. So if that's what you were saying, maybe phone back in and try to get in a better. <laughs> fuck off. Give us a show. <laughs> and no, just just let us know. You know, get into an area where you got some decent reception. Because I don't know what was going on there. You know, your your phone was farting all over the place. Shit, so. But yeah. uh, anyways, guys, that is going to do it. Wait, for hold up. Before we get – Jeremy, what did you rate this film? 7.5? Yeah. You gave Stage Fright a 7. You think this is better than Stage Fright? Two different movies. They're not that different. 
Gotta no, think that his slasher films. Yeah. This one is chaotic. I think you're being disingenuous. <laughs> <laughs> disingenuous. I'm calling you out, motherfucker. That's a five syllable word, dude. That's pretty good. Damn. It's the only one he knows. My most shocking word I said today was cunt. Uh, <laughs> 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 uh, good times, good times. But yeah, guys, it's very, very, you know, it's. Uh, I'm all depressed now, man. Italian month is over. It is. It is. Did you guys have fun? I had fun. It was so fun. I did. I don't yeah, know. It's your you fucking idea. That. Of course, you're going to have no idea fun. what to set there, but I'm going to say that, yeah, you had a lot of fun. to do. Jamie, you know, it was not even my idea. It wasn't really my idea. For it what? was I just like maybe I thought of doing it, but I think like Moods was like instantly down, so it was like a collaborative idea. For what? Italian month. Oh, Italian. Oh, fuck, dude. You, you you guys could have made that decision on your own. I would have been like, yeah, yeah, jumping aboard that fucking Italian salami. Mm-hmm. Jeremy oh, so. picked the next two or the next. One of the next two weeks. Oh, Jeremy always but, complains that he doesn't yeah, pick he, any of the shows. Jeremy and we broke it down one time, and he actually that. had picked more shows than I did. More, definitely more. <laughs> it was so funny. I'm like, fuck. I suggest. That's what we all yeah, do. We, but we seem to roll with your suggestions a lot more than you think we do. Jesus Christ. I haven't picked one in a while. Um, is that true? I don't yes. know if it's true. It might be true. Mm-hmm. You picked Tales from the Crypt, douche. I suggested it. That's yeah. what we do. That's I've never picked one. I've suggested all of these. Well, everything's a suggestion because then we kind of have to agree on it, and then we're yeah. like, "Okay, cool, cool." That's what the that's what the process is. That's the yeah. process. So technically, Moods hasn't picked one since Madman, which was episode fifty. I picked Madman. Okay, never mind. Yeah, I was going to say that hasn't wasn't picked me. one since. Centerfold Girls, episode 46. Wow. Yeah. Man, we're in 64. Centerfold Girls was cool, man. <laughs> yeah, nobody listened to it. Dicks. That was a good No, man. It's because nobody knew what the title was, man. Fucking shame. Fucking shame. Yeah, that happens a lot, man. Like, some of, the, some of our better shows... They... Spider Baby? Really, guys? Everyone thinks that's, like, some kind of killer spider movie? And That's Fuck. by far our least... Like, by a lot. It's our it's mm-hmm. our least viewed and listened to show. So every time we have a chance, we're gonna plug it. Check out Spider Baby. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Episode thirty nine. Yeah. Well, sadly to say, that is gonna conclude our episode for I think the third time I try to say. We that. doing this next year, guys? No. Yes, yes, we well, are. And I guess we I, are. Then I was thinking, like, uh, you know, what I—I I mean, I didn't really want to repeat, but I already had a plan, and I was thinking, like, Ruggiero Diodato, Umberto Lenzi, Sergio Martino. Can we have one repeat? I would really and like Lamberto Bava. See those, those show, man, dude, those would be good, man. Like seriously, like Umberto Lenzi, oh, Ruggiero Diodato, fuck yeah, Lamberto Bob. We got to get you know father to son. That's some good. Good choices here, yeah, man. Yeah, I think you I, just watched the Sergio Martino film, man. You know, you just watched one of them. Yeah, I liked it know? too. And so he's done some pretty interesting flicks, actually. He directed Torso. You know, it's pretty cool. I just felt like by the time we get to you know next year, these these synapse argentos will probably be out. <laughs> you know, so maybe they might be out by then. I wouldn't count on that, man. It's fucking, <laughs> it's fucking Eight synapse. Dude. You know. 
<laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm definitely down to revisit this yearly. I think it would be awesome no matter what, even if Jeremy doesn't want to gets outvoted. So, uh, can, so you can honestly say that you're not willing to re to Jeremy, do another Italian month. You didn't, you didn't think have this fun was fun. This? I don't get he, he instantly was like, no, like, I don't get it, man. Of course he missed like, fuck the Fulci show. You know, it's yeah. like f- fucking Fulci, man. Jesus fucking. So Christ. why not? All can, all another can, country. He's not even fun. Oh, he's like, well, friends. No, <laughs> no, no. Why? German splatters would be fun. Hey, fuck it then, man. We're doing, we're doing Canada. We're doing okay, the Canada month. horror month. That doesn't even sound right. Canada Horror Month, Canadian Horror Month. I think yeah, every year, be, every we've November, we've done a Canadian spotlight before. We, you I know, think every November it would be fun to do a different country. I'm just saying. Yes, man. We do Ryan Nicholson. That's kind of like the start of a Canadian, you know, theme right there. Mm-hmm. So, is there like a director though? Would they be or like Cronenberg? Yeah, but is there another one? Bob. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah, so I guess we could do a. a can, Canadian, oh, Canadian <laughs> horse. What does the Canadian flag look like? Is it going to look right with the, it's thumb, red the thumbnail? And it's red and white. Maple flag and maple leaf in the middle of it. It's just, it's See, but a poster is going to cover up the maple leaf, and you're not going to be able to tell it's a can- Canadian flag. It's just going to be problems, dude. I don't know if there's we not do too this. many flags that are just red and white, though. I mean, there's a few, but I think people have figured out. So, <laughs> um, but. but- yeah great, yeah, great, great month, man. I had a blast. I really did. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to revisiting or visiting a lot of Italian films in the future. I still got half of the Black Cats set to to go through, which is the you know those special features on there are great. By the way, if anybody's curious, yeah, uh, I got my I got my set yesterday actually from mm-hmm. uh, from Derek and I opened it up and I was like looking at the features. I'm like, holy fuck, man, that set is so quality box man you could you could beat someone to death with that fucking yeah it's great uh for those wondering what we're doing next week i believe we are gonna do bound of vengeance barring moods has his copy yeah Yeah. i mean we'll see (laughs) and if not then we'll be doing something last minute i guess i don't know i fucking hate waiting on the especially this time of year because the post slows down too and it's just unpredictable as shit yeah so i don't know we'll see we won't, you know, confirm anything right now, but the week be after something. that, we're probably doing be Goodnight Mommy as well. Just I know people have asked us to start telling them what what we're gonna do so that they can watch the films. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Jeremy? Cool. You sure? Um, yeah. Take all us right. Thank you, everybody, for listening to episode sixty-four of the Twenty Two Shots of Moods and Horror podcast. So, if you want to follow the man Moods himself, you could do so at YouTube.com/slash/Moods616. And yes, he is a cunt. And as always, you can follow JP, aka the fucking Mexican asshole retard. You could do so at YouTube.com/slash/DoubleShotJ. So, as you can follow me on my channel, YouTube.com/slash/NESRuler22. So, as if you have any questions, you could phone us at seven two four. 426-6665 and if you have any questions you can leave us an email to 22shotsofmoodsandhorror at gmail.com that's 22shotsofmoodsandhorror at gmail.com and you can follow us at twitter twitter.com slash 22shotspodcast or twitter.com search bar 22shotspodcast and as always you can join us at the facebook page facebook.com search bar 22shotsofmoodsandhorror and that shall do it folks until next week where we will be doing bound to vengeance pending the fucking Canadian. So that should do it. We should talk to you guys next week. See you guys.